0: are you chewing i'm eating a cookie would you fucking get on with it <laughs> it's like i've been waiting for so long do it we, we, we know of new methods of attack the Trojan the
1: fifth column. greetings and welcome back to another installment of the fifth <laughs> column podcast i'm still gonna eat my cookie i'll <laughs> continue <laughs> Yes, this is uh, your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, of the people that make it, and ourselves. Uh, today, it is almost certainly mostly going to be ourselves. I, I have no. I'm, I'm just. Going on. This is my last chew. Yeah, uh, a few <laughs> brief words of warning. Could you uh, this, tell them about how good this cookie is? This program, typically, but almost certainly not this week, features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary. Strong language, obscure pop culture references, chewing and... noises. Mm. Yeah, spurious and delicious cookies and spurious allegations. Oh. I'm Camille Foster. I do things at a place called Free Think. This is this is episode 50. Is that really? Yeah, kind of, but not really. It's actually like episode 52 if you are counting. Wait a second. It's kind of episode. Oh, because 50. the one that you did. Well, about there's the race. one that we did <laughs> didn't release, and the one that uh, the Triple X, which we should. I'll, I'm going to leave it as Triple X because it's better. It, it makes it seem like it's about. You're going to release that thing? It's not. Um, the, the hidden episode. Yeah. No. no we can no, just no. play like little bits of it when
2: all we the time. when we go to the uh, the bonus subscription model. Ooh. Oh, I see that. Right? I like that. That's so good. yeah. Uh, so you don't just theorize about capitalism, Matt. You live <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> and you know how to sell by doing by, by wearing this yeah. podcast by for repeating
2: free. what Dave Lee suggests. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. but Something no about idea. snowboards and he monthly sa- subscriptions. he sells he
0: still sells, sells, sells snowboards as a subscription. No,
2: who thought of that? I don't even know what it. thought what know that means? Dave Lee. Yeah, Signal wow. snowboards. Check it out. Signal.com, I hope. I don't know. It's not, yeah. definitely not don't, signal.com. Really? Don't, plug, just don't no. plug people's products. Oh, well, don't plug Dave Lee's products. I guess we could plug it. Do, do, ma- do a masshole uh, uh commercial for Dave Lee right now. Not a chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the two, Girl, the two fuck gentlemen, yourself, buddy.
1: <laughs> the two gentlemen engaging in uh, in friendly banter. Mm. Uh, one is uh Matt Welch, editor at large, Reason magazine. Boo. Back in the building. Love that guy, Mike. Michael Moynihan, national correspondent for HBO's Vice News tonight. That's right. He has uh, been doing things all week long. I have uh, been. I haven't slept. <laughs> this is
0: like. I know this is how you really get the the listeners to keep listening. I haven't slept in forty eight
2: hours. Mm. But you have cupped Tony B- Blair's balls.
0: Well, 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 well. I will just say, and I will say no more than this: uh, this a gentleman this uh, doesn't tell. Se- the gentleman uh-huh. doesn't tell a secret project that is on uh, going on. I was. Uh, I was with Tony Blair this morning. Uh, well, there were cameras there too. Um, mm. And he was so, wasted. <laughs> uh, Pornho. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Jeremy Corbyn came. It was so great. It was like a battle for the Labor Party. It's a, it's a special, <laughs> special we're doing for Moldovan television. Nice. Um, great. Yeah. And then the. In the the previous day, I was with uh, two former secretaries secretaries of state. Ooh. Uh, What what is that? George, uh, no, uh, that was was forthcoming. Uh, George uh, Schultz, uh, who is uh, either 96 or 97 years old, Reagan Secretary of State. And before that, Condoleezza Rice. Are
1: you saying you had sex with all of these people in the last? You know, that's just disrespectful.
0: And I have to say that these people were terrific. Uh, professional, great interviews. Uh, George Schultz is sharp as a tack, and he's 96 years old. And I was looking at his bio before, and here, just to put it in context, he was born a year after the Treaty of Versailles. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born in 1920. Wow. So he's... Uh, he's uh... Did,
2: uh, did Condoleezza uh, tickle the ivories for you? Uh, again, <laughs> this is <laughs> territory
0: that I'm not willing to get into. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, by the way, and I say this all in a in a non political way of all of these people, and i've I've been interviewing a lot of Obama administration people too um that uh absolutely one of the loveliest uh, nicest people I've interviewed incredibly gracious and I've
2: decided what you do, and I've done a little bit of it on the show as well and i can tell it makes Camille mad because he's already like uh, ordering a new iPhone as we're sitting here just ignoring taking <laughs> <sticking laughs> dick pics uh over here uh is uh what you do you normalize neocons um,
0: I normally well we, I normalize everybody uh in this particular project because it's it's we're doing a, a documentary about the sort of scope of American foreign policy wow. since the uh, new world order speech around that time um uh, which was uh, George H.W. Bush's speech after uh, the Iraqi army invaded Kuwait at the United Nations. Kind of almost a throwaway line when you look into it. It was actually not supposed to be as important. Do as you know it was.
2: what's, uh, you, you probably have already seen this, but uh, in case you haven't, uh uh, the kind of uh, prehearsal of the New World Order line happened with George H.W. Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, yeah. a joint uh, statement that they made, I believe, in September of 1990, um, saying that the world cannot stand idly by while a large, aggressive uh uh, country invades and swallows up a smaller yeah, neighbor, sure. um, there needs to be a new like liberal order or something yeah. like that. They, they put the words together, not quite new world order, but it was like that. Yeah. And it's remarkable to think about it, like 26 years or however, 36, 5,000 years later, um, imagine you know a u.s president next to a russian president saying you know you really can't uh swallow up uh neighbors sure. so that's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen yeah. nor is like the new world order it's a well it's, it's a funny re- and
0: all this stuff and then we can move on to the news of the day and i mean i have i've been shooting this for a while and and i've uh, been kind of focusing on it and talking to a lot of people uh clinton administration people uh obama administration people bush administration people etc and um it's been a, a fascinating experience and um Uh, I'll talk about it more when when we actually cut it and it comes out on HBO. But it is uh, the one thing – I talked to Francis Fukuyama yesterday. I interviewed him, uh, too. And we talked about the end of history, which, you know, he has been saying for a very long time has been widely misunderstood – that who in their light right mind would say that history is going to stop and the, the sort of levers and gears of history will just, just grind to a halt and we're done. And he said, you know, that's not what I was saying. And he had this long explanation— in a kind of Hegelian Marxist way of what history was with the capital H. But what his real point was, and I went back to the National Interest piece that he wrote and to his book and read it um, um, on the plane yesterday.
2: The End of History and the Last Man.
0: Yeah, and the Last Man, which which, uh, which came out of that article. And it is really interesting because basically what he's saying is that Marx had the idea that the end of history, the end of human development would be communism. And his argument was, no, that's wrong. It is essentially liberal democracy, free trade. Now, does that mean Uh it's going to end there and that we're all going to be happy? He said, no, but this is the highest achievable goal for politics is essentially liberal democracies with open trade and, you know, essentially, you know, a free system that, that, you know, what won against the Soviet Union, quote unquote, won against the Soviet Union. That was what he was saying. And you go back and you say, well, you know, you're kind of trying to salvage your reputation because you've for 25 years have been battered by this oh the man who got it all wrong and you look back and he not only didn't really get it wrong he actually mentions donald trump in the last chapter no yeah he's mentioned in the book it's pretty interesting and and you know the this kind of theory of his is much 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 more nuanced uh than even i had i knew people kind of simplified it but it was a pretty fascinating conversation so I can't. Yes.
2: Uh, I can't wait to uh, to see that. That sounds uh, sounds very interesting. So it'll be fun.
1: I hope it'll be good. I hope it'll be fun. I, I'm sure it will be very very yeah, good. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been an eventful week.
0: Mm. Mm. Jesus and Christ! All sorts oh, of God.
1: important things happening. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the the Trump or is it Ryan Care? I'm not sure. It's Ryan Care. Uh, legislation was trying to make it's, its bye bye Care right through now. Congress. Yeah, just just today, just. Uh, what like a a couple hours ago? Yeah. At this point, yeah. um, it Told was to Bob Costa on the phone. It was pulled. They uh, they pulled what? back.
2: There. What, 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 what?
0: That's how the story was broken. Robert Costa with, uh, from Washington. Oh, House. Robert!
2: I thought I thought, yeah. I, I thought oh, it was yeah. Bob, Bob Costa. Yeah. I was like, why? Yeah. That Ryan care <laughs> is gone. You still do you still have pink eye? It's a very great pink eye.
1: <laughs> so there's there's that. Uh, we we began the week with uh, with congressional testimony related to the. Uh, Wiretapping allegations at Trump Tower, which is still it's five sort of months ongoing. ago. It's not five months ago. We'll get into that. Um, there was a terror attack in the UK. Uh, this is uh, important and urgent. Uh, mm-hmm. We did have uh, an arrest in the synagogue bombing situation that was going on. Actually, it was just said underreported bomb that. Threats. Yeah, uh, it has been underreported. Yeah, uh, that you know, in the con thing, other, we should get back to too, because yeah, that was story as well. That was
0: underreported too. The the second act of
1: that. Yeah. So there's there's let's, all all let's... sorts of important stuff happening, but but look, I would like to start with the most yeah. important story of the last seven days or so. For once, Donna Brazil.
2: <laughs> yeah. Donna <laughs> Brissell. A
1: uh, complete non-apology in, uh, yeah. in Time Magazine. You
2: know who Camille is like? Tell he's me like about he's you. like one of those assholes <laughs> who you, you have one in every newsroom. Sure. Yeah. Who's like, okay, what what's the story that's dominating the news? Okay, <laughs> let's focus. Let's on, ignore it. <laughs> let's ignore that, and then like, uh, we'll virtue signal in our own way while declaiming all virtue signaling, of course, yeah, yeah. by saying, why aren't you paying attention to story seventeen B? <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Didn't yeah. you
2: see that bomb in Mosul today? You yeah. heartless monster.
1: 1500 girls were uh were kidnapped in Washington DC or at least are missing. Uh, you
0: know I that, think Malo? the I think the estimate now million. is 26,000 oh, okay. girls have been kidnapped. Yeah. And we should um talk about that because I wanted to get get to that. I, I had a little uh, uh back and forth. It was a, it was a quick back and forth um because The guy came walking towards me with a big glass jaw and decided to back out pretty quickly. Dean Obladi Oblada, uh, Obadala, the uh, the quote-unquote comedian – Hmm. Uh, who was a show on SiriusXM? I think you filled in for him. So I have, you guest hosted. So you, I you can you can, rec- you can rec- recuse yourself. Um, I think that when you were guest hosting, he was out trying to find a funny joke because he's no. never said one before. He is the least funny person on the planet, and he uh, uh, did this exact thing. There was a guy that traveled up from somewhere DC or something and killed. Uh, somebody in New York City, uh, right? With the yeah, machete, with the, with the sword of some sort? sword of some some type. a yeah. uh, guy, a uh, black man. He was some sort of white nationalist or neo-Nazi or some yeah. some sort. Uh, the New York uh, Daily News broke the story
2: mm-hmm.
0: that I mean, they, there was a story about the killing. Broke the story that the police had informed the reporter that this was motivated by uh, racial animus, to say it uh, very mildly. Uh, within four minutes of that tweet, uh, Dean Obidala, the one-man think tank, uh, came out <laughs> saying, "Good God, can you believe? Where are the no headlines? Everyone's talking about and this, and there's no headlines." And I was like, uh, "Hey, you just uh, turned him
2: to Chris Matthews." Buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can't
0: believe no headlines. I was like, "You know, this now is is that Bernie Chris? Sanders? Is? It was that was a Bernie Sanders, Sanders, Judge Napolitano, <laughs> and Chris Matthews together we at do, last. We can't talk about the judge. We can't. We can't. We, we, we can't, can. We can. And
1: we and we did.
0: Did, we, know, did night. we did last time? We did last time. I just uh, I was yeah. I just
2: kept rewinding the uh, the Matt Welch is full of shit uh, part of. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's my ringtone now. I didn't know you could still make ringtones, but I did.
0: But he he goes off this, and I was like, look, could you wait? You know the the script is already written for these people. Of like, uh, you're underplaying. And by the way, this was exactly as the body count was mounting in the United Kingdom that this uh, news story broke, which was a story here in New York City. And he was like, you know, no one's going. He said, he said, you know, uh, well, yeah, get back to me when it's on CNN, like acknowledging that the story just broke. And I said, well, why don't you write about it in your CNN column? She's <laughs> unbelievable that these people like who work with these – I mean, the, the, the theory is so divorced from reality that they, he works with people from CNN. He writes for them. Does he think that he's working for a bunch of Islamophobes or some sort of white nationalists or something? Well, or, well actually,
1: or, in a way, yeah.
0: Maybe he does. I don't know. But, yeah. but I don't want to put words in his mouth. But it's, it's this thing that the instinct is just to say, oh, like, this will be buried. Can you just wait, people? Wait till it is buried, and if it is buried, then you can make your point. And usually in that uh, case, there's some reason for it, that there's a, you know, some story that overshadows it. There's some. There's a lot of things. Like when we talk about the stuff of like Kazir uh, uh, Khan, and uh, I presume we'll talk about the the JCC bomb threats. I mean, look, that didn't get any coverage,
2: but I just waited to see if it did. It's a heavy news week. Yeah, it's a heavy news it, week. And if we can shift the okay. conversation. Fine, fine. Hold Welsh. up, hold up. It? If we could shift the conversation to where it needs to be, which is about my life, yeah, um,
0: let me have some of this cookie while you're doing this. <laughs>
2: this week, this yeah. month, this this the 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 sixty four day presidency is a real shit time to be working on long-term projects. And I know all three of us here do it. True. So, you, uh, Moynihan, I, I mean, you're sitting there, you're spooning with George Schultz, and that's just, that's great. Um, and it, But it must be in infuri- fear. You actually don't, uh, uh, uh well, I you know, you do. You you spend your time thinking about, like, the day-to-day news events to try to sit there, right? I, I can write and, uh, whatever I want to on Reason.com at any sure. time. And there's just news flapping around my ears, stuff that I totally want to respond to. You yeah. know, people, right, hopefully we'll have a t- chance to talk about it later, you know, trying to exhume Chelsea Clinton's political career of which I actually kind of know something uh to to add to the conversation I don't I have time to do it me. because I'm working on this freaking deadline that I only that I only uh, a magazine long magazine uh, piece that I only finished today and it's incredibly frustrating to do that and to sit and try to be able to you know show up on SiriusXM like I did yesterday and this is going to tie it into Dino Badali yesterday I'm in there on Pete Dominic's show our friend Pete Dominic very very nice communist um I'm I kidding. love Pete. I'm yeah. not kidding only a little bit. Um, and uh, so I'm sitting there and talking about the uh, the uh, uh, Obamacare stuff, and Pete's doing what you would imagine that Pete and other people will do. Was like, well, you know, Matt, wouldn't you agree that the Republican uh, version <laughs> is going to kill thousands of uh, heroin addicts? And I'm like, I don't know w- what you're talking about. And sometimes it's,
0: it's the heroin that kills them. <clears throat> That's just me. Uh, and he, any
2: there works. you go there you go that's i knew it, i works. knew it and he said that uh, that uh, well uh, the republican proposal removes or kicks uh, off as a requirement for uh, insurance uh, uh, addiction treatment and so wouldn't you agree that this is going to end up in more death just like as a as a hypothetical thing and i said well you know what you're telling me this for the first time i didn't know about this thing so it's hard for me to judge because i'm hearing it from you right now in real time yeah some mass hole named steve, steve then tweets out uh, As like Mel Welch is the, uh, is the is the the most di- that's the most dishonest thing I've ever heard anyone say <laughs> that you don't know and, and then and he calls up and he I'm like tweeted then calls he tweeted then called saying this is the most dishonest thing he ever heard And I tell
0: you what I I knew Whitey Bulger and this is more dishonest <laughs> than anything he ever fucking said
2: and he said you sir are supposed to be commentating on the news and you pretend like you didn't know about this provision and it's like yeah, I'm sorry. There is so much shit in the news. I barely heard about the Dino Madala stabbing story just because, and and, I, and the JCC thing. I wouldn't have heard unless you guys had mentioned to it in your constant racist text that you're sending me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camille, not me.
1: I, I, yeah. yeah, and, and, sorry.
2: and it's, it's it's and that was an email. Actually. No <laughs> one, no <laughs> one is actually reading through the last provisions of the Obamacare thing. It's a lot of news. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay? Yes. And yes. long-term journalism sure. projects, Catherine.
0: Yeah. Never again. Never again.
2: It's well, well, there's ne veto. I
1: I almost want to just just stay with this for a minute, because I've been thinking about sort of journalism and, and truth and facts and, and mining all of these things, and the fact that most of the people who do this stuff are I, 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 that is too broad a claim. There are a lot of people who do this stuff that are unwilling to be honest about how hard it is to actually spin all of these plates. Uh, the ones who are willing to talk about just about any damn thing at length for God knows how many days in a row um, as if they can pay attention to every single detail of these various stories. There are certain stories that you can sort of latch onto and watch for a long time. I sort of know enough about health care and health insurance to have an intelligent and thoughtful conversation about it. But I will not pretend that I have read um, at all, like any bits of the new piece of legislation that is trying to make its way through Congress, I don't know mm. what the hell is happening. the The refinements that have happened in the last day, the the political, um, the political machinations. I, I get, I get the holding together a coalition, uh, a, a loose confederation of conservatives, Republicans, of uh, 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 Freedom Caucus members, and. Donald Trump trying to lord over all of them in order to force through a piece of legislation that I suspect I probably understand better than him, and I am acknowledging that I don't really know what's in there. Uh, But I don't think most journalists do either, Um, and I don't know that most critics who talk about the legislation do either. They find a headline that seems to make sense to them, and they just sort of run with it. Well,
2: here's one thing in which they were right, and Republicans spent six, seven years not... Uh, developing an effective response to this is true which is <clears throat> excuse me that um at least according to the congressional budget office projections which are based on fantasy but they're doing their level best they're honest brokers to with what the, they're given um that it was going to lead to a pretty serious uh net loss in the number of people who have, who have health insurance. insurance yeah now obamacare has a lot of things about it and a lot of things wrong about it. But Republicans, did they really ever land on the one thing that was wrong about it? It was more like a, a, a it's terrible. It's awful. It's killing small business. It's it. Premiums are growing up. He lied about that. It wasn't really the one thing. Democrats had one thing. Um, and it is really the only one thing that is, uh, I would say virtuous. In, not virtuous, but let's say it addressed a real problem. A real problem in pre-Obamacare health insurance, in health care in in the United States, which is that a lot of people who wanted insurance couldn't get it. That's a problem. That's a public policy problem. Why that problem exists Mm -hmm. is a separate question. It's an important one, but that's a thing. So if Republicans are going to attack this bill for six years, they need to have some idea about how to address the problem of the one thing that Obamacare can point to and say is something that it, that works better now than it did before um that one fact now there's a whole bunch of other stuff that works worse because it, the price of doing that is that we pay more money it's that uh, health insurance itself becomes a degraded product it's more like a utility like a cable you know package uh with you know it's more like comcast or yeah. time warner for for crying out loud um all the entrants in uh, the market kind of go away. People are served by a local monopoly on it. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong with that thing. But that one thing, Republicans can never figure out how to even acknowledge that that is a thing that uh, that improved uh, from the previous thing, let alone here is the way that we can uh, coalesce around our own a sense of priorities about this, and it died uh, it's, incredibly deserved. You dough. know,
0: it's it's the exact same problem that uh, that I I, I say a lot. I don't remember if we talked about it in the show, but it's it's the you know the seen and the unseen problem. It's the same problem with globalization is that economics is difficult. It's incredibly complicated, and to explain how when it looks as if you're losing from globalization, that any of the countermeasures to counteract these so-called elements of society that are losing big from globalization, it's very easy to see the disappearing jobs. It's very difficult to see a kind of subtly expanding economy in other ways. And, you know, that's the the Bastiat scene and the unseen. Is it the same thing is true? I mean, Republicans are, you're right about this in healthcare. is that that raw number is something that people don't dispute now. Why that's happening, and if that you know those added people onto the books are you know materially better. Right. I you know it's are not, they
1: are they in fact healthier?
0: Are they healthier? I, it's something that I can't speak to, and it's not that I that it's something I really want to speak to. But it's because it, <coughs> to, to Camille's point, it's not my area of expertise in any way. But what most people how most people process this stuff. Same as true with globalization, same as true with foreign policy, et cetera. It's 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 not complicated. Despite the fact that this is an incredibly complicated system. I mean, it's like cutting open a human body and seeing mm-hmm. trying to figure out how it works. Is that that number is going to win the day? Is that all I have to say in an ad? All I have to say in a talking point? All I have to say in the radio? And you know, if I'm the guy and a guest on NPR is saying X number of millions of people will lose their health insurance with this half-baked plan that was rushed out, and Republicans can't even agree on. There's not a battle between Republicans and Democrats. It's a battle between Republicans and Republicans. And the net result is this. To your point, you're absolutely right because I mean, they can't figure out how to make complicated arguments simple. The Democrats have the great benefit in this of that simple argument. Is you know out of the box simple, very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, Health, it, healthcare should be free. You know, I mean, it's 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 you know you should have access to it, and you shouldn't die in the streets. Right. I think that's probably something that everybody agrees on. You know, I mean, and and then we, to recast that as the villainous kind of mustache-twisting Republicans, a very easy thing to do, very effective thing to do too. And I've every conversation I've had with people who are not in the universe that we live in about healthcare to your point mentions that number and and mentions the tragedy of fewer people being insured if Paul Ryan gets his way. How do you beat that? Well, I mean, you have to be clever about it, and they've not even come close. They haven't even tried. They're, this internecine fighting is, is all they care about right now. But selling this plan to the public, they're trying to sell it to their colleagues first. But to the public, that looks like, God, you guys can't even figure the shit out on your own. Did you guys
2: happen to watch uh, uh, Trump this afternoon? I think you both were traveling, right? I, I was guess, in a train. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh fascinating and I encourage everyone listening if you haven't looked at it this is uh you know 4 or 4:30 so it's after it all went down and he's taking some questions he's sitting in the oval office I mean, you remember Trump? Do you remember the Al Smith dinner in New York? Sure. I am sure we talked about it on this show, where you know he's sitting not, not far from Hillary Clinton back then. He was going to lose the election. Sure, uh, he had just had some very contentious. Uh, he was his face was purple with rage, and like there was, I mean, it's supposed to be a le- you know lighthearted, uh, you know, poke fun at yourself type of thing, and he was just fuming, furious, and pissed off. This uh, uh, afternoon's performance, on the other hand he seemed lighter mm-hmm. he seemed happier than i've seen him in a long time and it's like oh, it was an it was an interesting process and um you know he blamed it on democrats kind of half-heartedly uh, but he also said and i think he's right about this um which is not something i always say about the guy um is that Well, so we're going to see. Obamacare is going to be with us. It's going to get worse. The problems with it are going to get worse because we're not addressing them now. And that's totally true. Everything about it. Peter Suderman wrote a great piece, and he always does, but uh, in the magazine, the Reason magazine, about two months ago. Um. Uh. Right. Uh, uh. Talking about how Democrats were beginning this right before the election, but it's published after how Democrats are abandoning uh, Obamacare increasingly. Um. Uh, just at a time when Republicans were kind of abandoning how to repeal it, uh, and he just talks about the structural problems with it, the exchange is going away, all that. So uh, Trump says, "Yeah, that's all going to happen." So I think that this will get better. He says, "When Democrats come to me, when they realize that this plan which they passed." Uh, on a party line vote on their side that they've they've fought so much to defend, when they realize that it's imploding, which it's going to do, they're going to need to fix it. And so they're going to need to come to me and then we'll talk then. Um, That's interesting, I think, because it's probably true on one hand but it also suggests a couple of interesting things one we know that donald trump has in the past said that he admires the canadian healthcare system mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. thinks everybody be, should be insured the the promises that trump made on the campaign trail and even as president have been much more expansive in terms of coverage and and what that looks like than what the care thing ever was. So he's got and – he, and he didn't go out and sell this to the American people. He just tried to browbeat legislators behind the scenes. He let R- Paul Ryan die. It goes to the theory that I've talked about here before, which is that – the whole Trump, the rise of Trumpism in America, is an extended humiliation, serial humiliation of Paul Ryan. Um, so uh, the question is, and it's a real open question: um, Does Trump, from here, and he's he's you know getting rid of of uh, of Obamacare reboot and replacement right now? It's just it's he's this is the law. We're going to have it for a while. However, they will address it again at some point. And when they address it again at some point, is it going to look like that Trump likes? Canadian healthcare system. Christopher Ruddy, the editor of Newsmax, who plays golf with a guy, had a column 10 days ago uh, saying that uh, he thinks that we should go to single payer. Now, right? So there's going to be, and, and you know, Mike Huckabee would probably like uh-huh. that type of stuff. There is some populist conservative movement in that direction that will want to do that, and we'll see it as simplistic. That's and probably, then the other, yeah. the the other side of that is that then there's Rand Paul who thinks that he's playing the long game with Trump, and that he will now get to write reform that will actually be real reform on kind of libertarian and conservative principles instead of this mishmash that that uh, Paul Ryan came up with. That's going to be an interesting split and. Try Trump looks way too kind of comfortable with that. It's really interesting to see. He doesn't see this as a a huge debacle for him. He sees this, and I think he's more right about this than not, as a kind of vindication of that Paul Ryan in particular and Republicans in Washington are worthless. They don't know what to do. Do I mean, you remember the
0: 2010 midterms and the beginning of the Tea Party movement, And the fact that was pretty obvious at the time and and soon thereafter that I don't think that there was a pundit prognosticator anywhere who didn't say, you know, what happens with conservatives and conservative voters and the Tea Party voters in particular is they bring this new class of people in who are promising X, Y and Z and nothing happens. And they get incredibly uh, dispirited and frustrated with the process. And ultimately that argument has in a little appended a bit about Donald Trump and you end up with somebody like Donald Trump. Um, the the thing that no one ever talks about with that is that Donald Trump is, of course, himself not immune from this. When we have had a lot of fun talking about the shift in the Republican Party towards a sort of more populist conservatism, a kind of unconservative front national European, quote unquote, uh, far right, where the economic sort of backbone of it is is essentially uh, American liberalism, right? So we've talked about this, you know, ad infinitum, and now we're seeing the two big things that have happened: the two big policy pushes—the the executive order and then healthcare go down. So far, one partially inflames; the other one totally inflames. Mm-hmm. I think we might have overestimated the fact that the populist conservative turn still has to face up. To a lot of conservatives in Congress. And, you know, I mean, this is well, something conservatives that who want
1: to want to save their job.
0: I mean,
1: there were plenty of them who might have voted for this if it had actually come to the floor. And and if he were more sophisticated, he knew what he was doing when he pulled this thing. I mean, he
0: knew that he it. didn't he not only didn't have the votes, but he didn't even have, he, yeah. I don't even think he was close. But so we've talked about this. So this is the turn, the turn towards Trumpism towards you know uh, you know ethno nationalism in some ways and in other ways uh this this kind of far right european economic policies and we got so ahead of ourselves because we love as journalists and as As people who talk about uh, uh, political science, political theory and actual politics on the ground, we love the fact that we get this new thing to talk about. It's a neoconservative moment. It's the populist moment. It's like, well, it's not really. I mean, you have a guy who is saying, I love. Yeah, it's really interesting. I love the process. You know, the guy who didn't know the difference between a one and a two state solution is also the guy in this case who's saying, I love the process because it's like he went through on the brewery tour. And came out and said, "Oh, that's really interesting. That's how they make beer." It's like, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how it works. And he comes out the other end and he's like, "That was really
2: fascinating." I mean, there was so much reporting, uh, New York Times and elsewhere, about how he just flat out didn't know what was in this bill.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. It's, I mean, nothing yeah. surprising about that at all. I
2: mean, it's, they, I mean, we see that as part of and, a and part party. of uh, one of the things that he said in, the, in this in this interesting winning, the uh, win <laughs> uh, 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 remarks that he made in the Oval Office was that you know we learned a lot of things uh you know about uh, the the process about the like parliamentary procedure you did, procedure. Like, you did. Yeah. everybody else yeah. knew about it yeah. uh, i mean some of them was was admittedly a little bit obscure but my god no he was actually learning yeah. on the job but it is interesting that he seems weirdly unconcerned like uh like it it's like he's in a comfortable place right now uh having watched uh, ryan humiliate himself he definitely gave the back of his hand although he was kind of uh, Gracious, But still, he he talked about the Freedom Caucus because they, they were the locus of support. They were the ones that they were trying to negotiate. These are people, Justin Amash uh, is chief among them. Uh, Thomas Massey isn't actually in it, but he's part of that kind of crew um, because just because he's not a joiner. Um, hashtag sassy with Massey. Uh, but uh, they were opposed to it because uh, they didn't want to pass a bill on the same day. I mean, people were literally saying, I think Chris Coons or someone was saying, um, well, once we pass this thing, then voters are going to appreciate what's in it. It's like, dude, are you really, really I mean, an argument that they made against the ACA, too. No, every argument. argument There wasn't an argument they made against the ACA that they didn't do this time around. It's amazing.
0: There is, you know, Hugh Hewitt, who is a great uh, disaster these days as far as a, a, a Trump sycophant, uh you know said a couple things He he's on msnbc a lot now and he said on it and i think it was on his radio show too where he said um you know uh he sounded very confident he said this is going to you know, the end of the trump presidency or the beginning of the trump revolution with the healthcare thing which is of course he's pushing very hard um and apparently it's the end of the presidency but the other thing about uh hewitt which i i thought was incredibly funny he said look you know, Donald Trump is very good about keeping lists of people that have betrayed him. And these House Freedom Caucus people, they're, they're, they're fanatics, they're goofy, they're, you know, libertarian nutjobs. And he's going to keep a list. And then he said, Kevin McCarthy, too, and he said, you know, McCarthy's going to keep a list, which he didn't even realize was really funny. You know, McCarthy's keeping lists. Yeah. There you go. Great. You just walked right into that one. But the, the funny thing about this is if you're looking at this from short-term political gain and short-term uh, political combat, if you're keeping lists – and your connection to the conservative movement has been basically nothing until you said, well, I'm going to remake the movement. You need these people. If you're keeping lists and you're going to be fighting with people, it's not, no longer – I mean think about the, the the now the coalition of people that are pissed off at him. It's no longer Lindsey Graham and John McCain and these leftover neocons who hate him for Russia and hate him for a variety of other things and for comments they made about he made about them. Uh, and now, I mean, you have the the sort of freedom caucus, the you know real legitimate tea party types who Rand can't stand. Paul also who's getting uh, now let's grief. start collecting all these people and say donald trump is going to start realizing that when he could walk through the primaries sticking up his middle finger at everybody and being the toughest guy in the room and then going on um television and making fun of ted cruz and berating him and berating his wife and saying he's weak and you know you know, lame Marco and the rest of it. it when it comes time to governing a little, little Marco, Marco lame, Marco. And I thought maybe, maybe that's better. I'm not sure. No, little Marco just it's, it's sounds a more like a, than that. sounds like a, like a, you know, it's mafia my, guy. let <laughs> call it what I call
2: my junk. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Your ch- <laughs> yeah. He has a, he has a, a little Vietnamese boat, the junk. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going but that's, on. But that's, that's what that's they call boats. I forget. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean this, when you start accumulating and accruing enemies and you go back to sort of 19th, and the, the sort of whiplash that Washington saw with the kind of Reagan Revolution, and you saw the first kind of uh, defection from from our favorite uh, head of uh, the Office of uh, Budget Management, uh, David Stockman. Uh, David Stockman, who went and wrote a book, an Atlantic cover story, and then a book, and that was considered the incredible betrayal. What was it called? Uh, it was called "Fuck All Y'all," I think it was. <laughs> it, was uh, it was something like that. Well,
1: doesn't sound like
0: tra- trapped in the cabinet. Tra- tra- uh, trapped in the cabinet. I think it was trapped
1: in the cabinet. Yeah. Like trapped in the closet. R. Kelly.
0: Yeah, uh, and then you have like you know <laughs> Donald Regan has his book where he exposes Nancy Reagan as uh, uh, seeing uh, Gene Quigley. I think was the astrologer. Uh, you know, th- these are spaced out over a very long period of time. It was a very cohesive like Reagan revolution in those first four years it was
2: pretty and, crazy. And part of that revolution was... Nothing like this. Reagan was actually popular among yeah. the population, even at a yeah. time that was... What's like, Trump,
0: 38% now? 36%? Around,
2: around there. I mean, and, yeah. and he's, he's, uh, he's lost quite a bit. No, the reporting today is that Steve Bannon is saying that he has a, quote, shit list of people who backed him. And Trump, even in his otherwise gracious remarks, said, you know, we learned a lot about loyalty. So yeah, sure. So it's... He... I think he has an ability right now, um, if Democrats... Were uh, inclined to do this, and they're just absolutely not. But he has an ability to go and just sort of tack to the economic left and say, "Who's going to do business with me right now?" But the but the Democratic base is so inflamed against Trump. Yeah, I, I about can't imagine about that
1: there's a way that you can do that.
2: No, no. I mean, the the yeah. fact that the Democrats right now are are talking in in all seriousness about filibustering Neil Gorsuch. Um, show which they can't win because they have this. I think there's eight Democratic senators who said they'll vote for him. So they what they're going to do is they're going to pretend to try to filibuster against a guy they know is going to pass so that they can placate a base who just wants them to say no. So like everybody is in this great game of make believe, um, but. Actually, nothing. Once again, who? By the way, you know,
0: and that's true. And it's and and it's a very dangerous game because I mean, he's the kind of conservative Merrick Garland in the sense that he's the best that they're going to get out of a Trump nomination. I mean, you know, during the hearings and the things that he said uh, before, and it seems that not only has he rebuked Trump, uh, Trump has taken a few shots at him, kind of obliquely. And I mean, you already, it's like you know what, this is what you got. The guy is very very bright. Um, you know his background is impressive, and you know liberal and conservative judges, we always uh, always hope for in a situation like this, have very very kind things to say about his ju- judicial philosophy and him from the bench. And part I, of what part of it, I don't know judicial, a lot about the
2: guy, but I just see that. But part of his judicial philosophy is standing up against an overweening executive branch, yeah. like much more so on at least on a couple of uh, on regulatory cases than Antonin Scalia was. So like if you want someone to block Donald Trump. He's kind of your guy. Right. Uh, and but Democrats can't think strategically. Yeah. They just will try to. I don't know if you guys watched the hearings at all. They were. Yeah.
1: yeah they a were, them, uh, so.
2: Occasionally, uh, a Democrat would be OK. But uh, mostly it was Dick Durbin, you know, trying to cross examine him and saying, sir, did you know that the person who advised you on your dissertation in Oxford in 1993 once said something about like European reproduction rates in 2009? Um, and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So this is this is all, it's as if you have this gigantic mountain of facts and possible things to get in, and you spend the whole time swimming through it, swimming through, it, looking for the transitive property of racism somewhere, and that's the only thing because you know that's what's going to inflame and excite your base, even though it has fuck all to do with Gorsuch himself, if by all accounts, or his judicial philosophy or anything else. So Democrats, you, I mean, are not you, in that but you need place.
0: what you need in a presidency is you need a level in, with, within the presidency, within the administration, you need a level of ideological coherence. Because basically, what you get from the Doris Kearns Goodwin team of rivals thing is people, Matt's been pouring some Johnny Walker Black. Um, and can you pour me some too, please? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you, that's fine. The team of rivals bit, I mean, Obama, like Bob Gates, was, I mean, he had two Republicans that were his, mm-hmm. his uh, secretaries of defense, but they were all essentially under the same, they, there was a lot of disagreements there. Mm-hmm. But it is so different with. This when you have a guy like Steve Bannon keeping lists and wanting to sort of tack to the Marine Le Pen like far left, far right sort of axis where they meet, and then the other day you see oh, guess who's hanging out at uh, at uh, the White House? Old walrus face again? Yeah, yeah. Anybody out there in uh, TV land can uh, guess guess who that is? Maybe had something to do with the UN? Wanted to knock a few floors off it a few times? You've been on TV with them go a little bit. On,
2: go on YouTube and watch. <laughs> Me, go toe to toe with John Bolton over yeah. George Orwell. Mm. A, yeah, fine, a fine, a fine moment. moment. Mm. Oh, yeah, I will yeah. look that up. He misquoted Orwell back to me, or he didn't misquote, but yeah. like he he decontextualized Orwell's. Yeah. Famous line because he came on. It was like the, some anniversary of the Iraq War, and um, and he came on and he's like, "I'm just shocked to see you libertarians uh, out there. You know, you prefer Saddam Hussein to be in power. Like, he just yeah, went, that's and, good. And it, yeah, that was a good. Remember line. that? And, and yeah, I uh, do remember that. And he says, "George Orwell said his opening line. You know, oh, objectively, pro fascist. Yeah, and I was, and I, I lost ready. it. You're I, ready. I, yeah. No, I, I, how many times have we heard this over the past yeah. 15 years among yeah. people? Who actually didn't read the entire book of George Orwell's wartime diaries in which he ends up going back and of course recanting that line and saying that it it prevents you from getting to human understanding and he was caught up in the passion of the moment and everything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, but this is, I mean, you have these guys that are like honeycombing this administration and you see there's a piece in the the Post or the Times the other day about the attempted purge or the battle between the kind of what, what they were calling the New York liberals within the administration, how they to get rid of them, et cetera, and, a, and an internal coup. And it's like, let me tell you something: you're not getting rid of his daughter. His daughter's oh, not yeah, going anywhere. Yeah, nope. And and you know that is uh, the queen bee uh, of this of this sort of New York liberal stuff. But there's there's no coherent ideology in any way when you can have a you know some of these uh, goofball Lou Rockwell types um, who say that you know he's 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 our guy. He's our sort of Lindberghian kind of, you know, a little bit Buchanan, a little bit Chomsky on foreign policy. And then it's like, no, he doesn't get it. He's really, he sees John Bolton in... The green room at Fox. He sees him on Fox and Friends, and he's like, "Let's get that guy. He's a clever guy. The Fox people like him, and he doesn't understand even the most basic nuances of foreign policy." He's
2: escalated the wars in Yemen, in uh, and talking about it in Afghanistan and against ISIS. He's escalated all and of and potentially
0: them. in Mosul. Uh-huh. Some right? of the uh, largest civilian casualties in a, a strike just happened by, today. Uh, happened today. I, I mean, it's upwards on of page seventeen B. Man,
2: and why aren't you people yeah, talking right? about
1: you it? Know, uh, yeah. So, like, speaking it's, of this. Uh, has uh, so, been plastered all over the New York Times.
2: Speaking of the the things that not be, people aren't talking about, so what happened in some of these stories that we've talked about previously here? Um, oh, yeah. And I have been paying attention because I've been I've been working, unlike you people, traveling all over the place. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, what happened with the JCC thing? What was that? So the JCC
0: thing, we have um, we talked about this before, and we and we were uh, careful. Mm -hmm. About this one, we said the guy uh, who used to work for The Intercept, who's a fabulist and obviously has some sort of mental illness, had called in some threats to – some anti-Semitic threats. Yeah, and I
1: think even even when they arrested him, we knew it was only like a couple of places that he had actually called over a few days.
0: Yeah, and I think it was Camille actually who said that. It was like, well, you know, there's all the other ones too. And I think I made a, uh, a very bold and predictable prediction that these probably were a hoax too. It turns out that the person that they arrested for, uh, uh, I think, a majority, if not all of the other ones, uh, is Israeli. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so an 18,
1: 18 year old kid yeah. uh, in Israel um, who was making these calls all over the world uh, via his computer. In uh, playing a recorded message that threatened to <laughs> blow up various, pla- various do we, synagogues.
2: Do we have a motive? Uh, no, no, I don't. I
1: don't know that we do yet. I haven't heard it.
2: No, I, I suspect Do you care to it's... make some anti-Semitic speculation. No, I don't. I
1: don't. But uh, <laughs> look, you know, you know who was really right here. You know who bet. was
2: really right.
1: It was the rambling answer that Donald Trump. gave. Oh yeah, he says it's a which, false flag, which had actually he actually screwed, said that. Yeah, he totally did. He totally yeah. He did. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. making fun of him. And I think I probably they weren't even making too. fun of him. What yeah. they were suggesting was he's an anti-Semite. Can you believe that he is blaming he's blaming them yeah, for yeah. these calls? Yeah, granted, bro- bro- broken clock. But I'm yeah. being I'm being ridiculous here.
0: Yeah. But
1: he was right. Yeah, yeah. That's a broken Um, clock kind
0: of thing. Yeah. um, Yeah. But but no, I mean. It's like when the guy from the Maoist international movement was like, dude, I was right about the Iraq war. I opposed it. I was like, yeah, Yeah. not really. (laughs) I mean, sure, I guess, but not really. Do <laughs> no, you remember Mim notes? Yeah. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Boba Vakian. I got yeah. some uh, copies. Yeah. But it's yeah. but it's yeah. funny. I
1: mean, from from back on like uh, the, notes. the end at the end of February, <laughs> CNN wrote this story about it, and it's a hundred a uh, hundred bomb threats like yeah. across the country yeah. wave. Of bomb threats uh, in America, it's it's the sort of article that is clearly written with the expectation of saying, "Oh, Donald Trump has stoked all of the, yeah. the deepest racist sentiments in America."
2: And people demanded that he uh, that he apologized apologize for it. And then yeah. when he wasn't apologizing for it, that was proof Not that he was dog enough. whistling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by, by the way, because we
0: talked about this before, is that a moratorium, a total moratorium? And this will never happen because they love these stories so much because they fit the narrative on stories about bomb threats. The only people who call in bomb threats are Irish terrorists. (laughs) They're like, get out of there, it's fucking gonna
2: blow, matey. Do they they still do it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Real IRA, those guys. But also the people who call in bomb threats are uh, teenagers who want to get out of school. That too. They're never real bombs
0: unless it's Irish people doing it. (laughs) I think maybe Etta (laughs) used to do it too. But it was always the bomb threat, and of course the famous one in Oman, I guess it was 98, and they called the bomb threat into the wrong place and, and sent everyone towards the bomb. And nobody really. I guess nobody really knows if that was deliberate or not but the bomb threat calling in i'm going to blow something up the terrorists that we know these days whether it's timothy mcveigh style or if it's you know al-qaeda style do not call in threats they blow things up people call in threats are people trying to get in your newspaper you know that list um that i think it's a uh, uh, what's the media show on npr um
2: Wait, wait, don't tell me. No, God. Wait, wait, please kill me.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like what comedian? what happens to comedians that are unfunny? They go into that show. Uh,
2: they adapted, by the way, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me for the, uh, you know, the uh, the anti for, uh, Trump, um, like save NPR from Trump. Oh, thing. God. I should, like, they should do that. I think it was Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me. And it, like, uh, like oh. Oh, we need to save. Uh, they should this, have done that in Guantanamo.
0: Instead of playing Metallica songs, they you have a like, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed on that show. it would be like, dude, I give up. I renounce my <laughs> beliefs. But no, the media show uh, on um, with Brooke Gladstone on NPR. Yeah, it's on
2: uh, WGBH. Yeah, they, uh, it's WGBH, on the media. On the, the media.
0: media. They have a thing that I see in a lot of journalists' desks of like, you know, if it's a breaking news situation, here are the 10 things to remember, you know, the, the preachy yeah. stuff. And it's like, there's one, There's, I mean, some of them are true. Like, if there's a second shooter, there usually is never a second shooter. That's mm-hmm. always, that's actually always true. That's actually and,
2: been true in a lot yeah, of
0: Yeah, it's like almost the, always the case that there isn't a second shooter. Except
2: and, in uh, JFK Assassination. Oh god! Oh
0: god! I'm sorry. We, our microphone is getting taken <laughs> over by Roger Stone. Um, uh, he's getting over his polonium and driving f- again. But no, it's like the bomb threat is. Dude looks
2: like the Baba Duke. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Did you guys see that tweet storm? What? Oh, because you got, you've been traveling too much. You saw that the best single tweet uh, Twitter thread in history. Some rando uh, who's probably famous. And I just don't recognize the name. I had a picture of uh, Roger Stone uh, uh, at the uh, inaugural, uh, inauguration, and he's wearing a top hat that goes about uh, yeah. uh, half a foot up. Yeah, it looks like and Mr. Peanut. It, yeah, and, and it starts off with, my dude looks like the Babadook, and I don't even know what that's a reference to, but yeah. other people do, and then it just goes on about 500 different similarly worded things about what he looks like in this picture, and it's the funniest thing ever. And Did, I know, he,
0: did he respond? He usually responds to everything.
2: Uh, no, I think in this case he didn't, because he was yeah. too busy being accused, I think, on the Senate floor of being a Russian spy. Yeah, Seriously. I
0: mean, and this is something that Democrats and people in the media and we've all been guilty of it. And I've mentioned it on the show and I want to mention it every time is that we are all falling for Roger Stone's bullshit every fucking day. Roger Stone's who, who we I, I, look you. I mean, d- there is an assumption that Roger Stone is a big mocker and a big player and he has been cultivating this image for a very long time. He worked for Nixon. Yeah, sure, he was like 21. He was not I mean he's not like, you know, Eagle Bud Crow or something or HR Haldeman. The guy's background is a hatchet man and his uh, he was fired from the Trump campaign. I mean, remember this about him. This is the plausible deniability that they have on some of this Russia stuff with associates. Paul Manafort and Roger Stone were fired. Now, what is the circumstances of that doesn't make a difference? It doesn't matter what's true or what's not true. We're nobody cares what's true anymore. It means that if they are the people, the associates they're talking about who have been caught on, you know, wiretaps or whatever they can just say, look, we fired those guys. And, and Sean Spicer actually hit back on this and said, you, see, you know, CNN, you talk about associates. What does that mean? When, what's the time frame? And he had a point. Like, what is that? What, what is an associate? Well, I mean, who like your friends? He talks to, to Donald Trump. How often does Roger Stone talk to Donald Trump? Has he visited the White House? As far as I know, no. Once.
2: Once uh, to talk about
1: pot
0: okay in so anyway Which yeah. which
1: is obviously i mean that is the great putin plan yeah,
2: i mean look there's to get
1: every every american stoned legalize pot in the united states and destroy it from dude Japan. that <laughs> might for be for madness that
2: might be the only thing to make me uh go uh anti like ruski yeah i'm uh, i'm never gonna like vladimir putin you're right that's good yeah vlad i'd say but yeah
0: anyway i just i'm bitching <laughs> so the J- that C- was what we're supposed to do J-
2: jcc's a hoax uh what happened J- jcc what happened to uh kizzy khan Kizzy, was he like a friend of
0: yours or
1: something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we used to call him. And uh, well, no, I was going to say
1: before we before we leave right. this, like the CNN piece that was that was run, um, sort of talking about this hundred 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 calls, hundred bomb threats uh, in the month of January. Oh, yeah, okay. Like there is a single line sort of buried in the middle of it. These calls, uh, authorities believe, these calls are originating overseas. Nothing else, like no context provided, right? like <laughs> no no additional information. Yeah. And at that time, we actually knew that these were also recorded calls. Which, I don't know, for me, the moment that I read that story and saw that line, like, this stands out to me as very strange. Like, what on earth does that mean? And why aren't we talking about, about that? Like, the wave of, of, the, the, of, the, of the, anti-Semitic yeah. threats. The, the thing about the Nazis of, is they're weirdly in the proud United of States? being
0: Nazis. They tend not to hide it. Why? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, David Duke has a radio show. And there's, like, bloggers and people. Yeah, there's, I know there's, like, the Trump Trolls that are, you know, often like four chan types that have their, you know, fake profiles and everything. But you know, we have enough Nazis who are going to make those calls and like, you know, be proud of it, <laughs> just or send out their literature or leaflet. Let's or be honest, American Nazis it's, are usually pretty lazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> m- most of them are. Yeah, the only ones that weren't were unfortunate. Uh, they were the German ones. They were, were a little too industrious. But yeah, the, the Kazir Khan, on the other hand, um, it was a it was a listener of the show um, who. Uh, uh, tweets at me once in a while and often has a lot of good stuff. And he, he picked up something on some NPR affiliate. It wasn't even it wasn't even on NPR's. Not website. just a
2: listener to the show, if I'm not mistaken. This is Michael Cummerford, who yeah, is oh, sh- yes, it was actually who yeah, was sorry. a English language newspaper journalist in Budapest okay, with me yeah. back in the day. Okay, he's terrific, by the way. I didn't know that you're connected to him. He worked at the Budapest Business Journal and did as did I. Oh. Not
0: exactly at the same time. Okay, he's terrific. I and you know, and he he often uh uh, affords ever some uh, really good stuff and and that one was a, an eagle-eyed catch which uh, didn't make it like like the original story which was fake um, didn't make it to the the main NPR uh, website NPR.org. I didn't see it there. I didn't see it any other place and another journalist who's not um, politically I would say he's a man of the left sent me a direct message on Twitter and he said you know good catch and by the way I did respond and say it wasn't me um he said it's crazy that and – his, and his thing was that maybe they misreported what Kazir Khan initially said because that came through the Speaker Bureau or whatever he was speaking in Toronto. Uh, but Khan didn't – He didn't say anything. Didn't shoot it down. Yeah. And so what a- he ended up saying was like he didn't want the hassle of like being uh, scrutinized at the border, which is a rather – he's like one of my Fourth Amendment protections. I can't remember what it was uh, – But the original story, of course, said um, my travel is being reviewed. So a man with an American passport, uh, his travel and his access to countries other than the United States was on hold by this by this uh, devious and uh, 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 bitter administration. And everyone bought that. And there was in fairness, there were a lot of people who said, hey, why don't we hang out a little bit and wait? But there are enough people that people that I know, friends of mine, too. Uh, who were journalists who said, you know, this is what we should expect. This is what – and exa- those tweets are perfect because they're the perfect, you know, uh, kind of – It's it's confirmation bias – it's, you know, slightly different from confirmation bias is that they don't know if it's true, but they wish it to be true, which is kind of overlaps in a lot of ways, and too good to check and all this stuff. And then when the truth kind of comes out very quietly on some affiliate, it
2: just – it really didn't get any traction. You know uh, the uh, the phrase that I uh, uh, am enjoying these days? Fake more, news? More than – much more <laughs> than that thing or more than confirmation bias, which I've gone to forever. But uh, motivated reasoning. Hmm. Brendan Nyhan. Uh, who wrote? He used to be part of Spin Sanity. Spin Sanity,
0: that's right. Back in the yeah, day,
2: yeah. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes Brendan is guilty. I like Brendan, but he's guilty of his own motivated reasoning. But he mentions that, like I'm just surrounded by motivated reason, and that's I think people yeah. are motivated to reason that
0: way. Yeah, and I mean, you see so much of this stuff, and and of course we've talked about this before, is that the wave of hate crimes that uh, America saw, uh, you know, post election. Uh, somehow, it's never mentioned. It, well, dis- it kind of disappeared. I guess well, I, the wave has subsided and crashed, and it's low tide. I have I don't seen know.
1: graffiti supporting uh, Mr. Donald Trump in Bed uh where I've been been looking for homes recently. Can, I, we, t- can we talk about your your you bad talk life about decisions? My, my home search. Yeah. Uh, what you're saying? It's bad for me to move into Bed
0: Yeah. Can can, can you am. tell? Can you tell listeners uh, who might not Uh-oh. have seen Spike Lee's first film, Joe's Bed Barbershop uh <laughs> or seen Do the Right Thing, which was Based in Bed Stuy, what Bed Stuy? Theoretically, is? theoretically based in Bed Theoretically based in Bed Stuy. Probably well, shot in a sandstone. Well,
1: I don't. I don't know what you mean by that. I mean Bed Stuy is. It's a neighborhood. It is a, a wonderful neighborhood. It's, it's the, big. It's, it's the, the home. It's super big. The home of, of Biggie Smalls. Do or die, He's Bed Live, yeah. live from Bedford Stuyvesant, li- the livest one. I do want to the fullest.
0: I, I do want to you that I think, think that he was actually technically from Clinton Hill. Is this true? I think it is. is. That right? Yeah, I think so. That's um, there's a big. So he was he, lying. There's a big mural saying. to him in Fort Greene.
2: This is this is yeah. uh, Well, if Hill he wasn't uh, dead, Bed you Stuy would adjacent. end his career. Are you sure? sure Clinton Hill isn't like a name that they came up with and like? Okay, we're in Bed but we're like we have a nice. It's next
1: door. Next door. It's next door.
2: But 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 to
0: people out there listening, Bed is one of these places that you hear about that is being, uh, quote-unquote, gentrified. Right? Gentrified. It was the Watts of of Brooklyn. Uh, not... World uh, World I, they, well, I would say, you know, the big rioting... Remember the rioting was Crown Heights and
1: Bensonhurst. That's true. Uh, well, but, Crown Heights, was, they're, they're, I mean, they share a board. But, like, in terms, border. Uh, yeah.
2: not in terms of riots, but in terms of what is your go-to name for the ghetto.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. It was Bed-Stuy. Yeah, I mean, Jay-Z is from Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the J, J and the Z, Z. train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the well, the Marcy houses are there. But yeah. so Bed-Stuy, and this is actually an interesting political point, there's a book written about uh, Brooklyn recently by Kay Heimowitz from the Manhattan Institute, which I haven't, Read, but actually got a very good notice in the New York Times. Yeah, the, uh, what's the
2: title? It's so you can, uh, It's, it's score just called points.
0: Brooklyn, I think. It's, it's about like the new Brooklyn. Okay. Well, he said he hasn't read it. So. I read it, but I just thought there was yeah. a good review of it. Um, I'll, can't get, I, I'll you can't pick get it up. for books you haven't read? No, no you can't. Initially. No, just mentioning it. If you cite no. the title, uh, yeah, yes. I don't, no, those I don't are the rules. So
1: we well, really getting someone off the facade. rails here. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, I wanted to ask you, like, bed you're thinking of moving there. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about to, to gentrify it. To help gentrify it. To gentrify it. But, yeah. but, but you, uh, is a very nice place that has a price tag on it that we won't mention. No, we don't have to um, talk about that. Uh, You put a bid on it. And, it's still, and it still the gives me chills. real estate agent... Um, oh, you want to tell that talk, story. Uh, you know, you, you
1: understand that the deal isn't closed, yet. Yeah, I don't think so she's gonna, a, I don't think she's a listener. It's possible that she'll Google me. Um, so, yeah, so she's I'm, get buying, this far so in I'm buying this house and the and the realtor pulls me this, Tracy will kill me if this deal like blows up because Tracy of Tracy never Trace listens past, past me minute me 30. 30. Yeah. Um, no, I'm buy I'm trying to buy this house and uh, you know, the realtor, she's very nice and she says to me, um, you know, I want you guys to have this house. I say, "Yeah." She said, yeah. <laughs> "Yeah, I do." I so, uh, oh, why? Well, she says, do you know why? And I said, yeah, because we're nice people. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, because you're my people. And I said, oh? And she said, yeah, I mean, you know, like, they're always coming in here, there. No! Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, and I said, that's borderline against the and law. And I said... Well, it's not borderline against the law. It's just against the law.
2: I'm not, <laughs> um, I'm not sure that it is. No, it is
1: against. The it's law. against
2: the law to uh, it, like it to tell you about the racial composition of the neighborhood. It is. No, it no. Is. But it's it's also. It but just, it's not against the law. It's not to against like, the law
1: uh, to show racial preferences when you're selling to, a home to 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 make it difficult for white people to purchase uh, homes and make it easier for black people to purchase homes. Is
2: your, your realtor or is it the the person selling in the home? This is the listing agents. The uh, the realtor is yeah. not
1: allowed to talk about
0: a home. Yeah. Now the realtor is not allowed
1: to talk talk about a whole bunch of stuff yeah um but, on, the, sorry, but the realtors who break those rules are the greatest heroes uh in the world <laughs> it, it is it is obnoxious uh, it is obnoxious
0: george that... wallace <laughs> no it's obnoxious MedStar. that if you're
1: buying a home your realtor can't talk to you about the quality <laughs> yeah, of the schools a in great. Camille, that's a great MedStar <laughs>
0: is being
1: whitened <laughs> well that's that's just it so so that is i mean that's the thing um what did i say in response to that Initially, I started so to say- so Don't hold on, hold on. fucking blow the deal. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on,
2: hold on a second. Hold on a second. No, so, we might be blowing it now. So your realtor- Did you, co- you code switch? Uh, d- d- no. No, I didn't code switch. Your realtor said, you're one of my people yeah, yeah. indicating to you- I said, huh. I, I'm, I'm assuming, is this the wrong assumption, mm-hmm. that realtors shared the same kind of physical characteristic as yourself? Yeah,
1: yeah. We were of a similar hue. Okay. I think yeah. hue is the word that I would use. Yeah. Um, and I said, huh. And I started to say, You should Google me. No. Uh, no. And no, I, no. I, you know what I said? Huh.
2: And I left it there. And so I didn't old, say oh anything. And just to repeat, she said, Did she say those people?
1: Well, yeah. She said, No,
2: they. She said they, they the are always say, coming. Yeah,
1: they. they are always coming. But by the way, it's, it's amazing it's that you what she can't meant.
0: even even put a bid on this house because like, you're really good at business. And then I see you in this situation, I'll be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> like, you're really bad at business." Be like,
0: "Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, no. Where's my Huey Newton with a chair going to go?
1: Come on, I have, man. I have my principles. I have my principles. Yeah. It, it's Get a, into it's the enough, house and have your principles. It's enough that I didn't. It's enough that I didn't like actually push back in that moment, and I felt a little bad about it. This is why um, you later. do not when I told move. When I told died. the story Jesus to my Christ. when I told the story to my wife a little later, who apparently has a tattoo now, which she sent me a picture of her, a tattoo I, on her, yeah, on that her shouldn't forearm. Be an apparently. Yeah, what, what, no, mean, what, it's like, what, what, and it's what, some dude. Kevin is the name that is there, which is just weird. That's not what, true. What, it really <laughs> Kevin. If it did, that would be, a be great. I wouldn't tell that'd the story. Be, yeah. It would hurt me. Yeah, but no, I'm telling my wife later. And it's got the weirdest she... sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, after like four years now. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm bad at sarcasm. We've established that. At any rate. Um, the the lady Kevin. is is helping me buy the house, so yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, we're we're negotiating things,
0: but you think that you're going to get this house?
1: I hope so. Really? Yeah, yeah I'm working on it. I hope so,
0: so when I, I lose so. my job, inevitably when you come, somebody come listens in the to this podcast,
1: <laughs> you couldn't yeah. possibly lose your job. You ever? Ever? That's what,
0: that's by the way, that's amazing because that's when your listening going to come over and be like, Camille. You got the house. You got a stupid <laughs> white man renting from you, taking his money. And you're living in the basement. You're, you're like, doing yeah, it for yeah, our yeah, people. You're doing it
1: for our people. You're make. helping. You're yeah. helping to to salvage the neighborhood. No, last night, the last few nights actually, I've been going there at night, yeah. like at twelve to like just walk around and make sure I feel comfortable to it's walk a nice from the house to the train. I Depends. mean, look, it's it's, it. it's changing. I mean, a across lot. across Malcolm X, it actually. there's <laughs> <laughs> a Chris Rock joke about. Well, this is uh, about every time that there's a yeah, like a Malcolm <laughs> Your yeah. own name is always a really bad name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, across it's Malcolm nice X, that. it's a, it's a little, little, more dicey. But no, uh, look, I, I like it a lot. The house is is amazing and, and wonderful. It's like a hundred odd years old, and I mean, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you we'll in the hood? It may, it's, if, it, it, it is is may not hood. work. Out. It, it, I it might not work. Actually, out. assume it's not the hood. The, the truth is that shopping for real estate in New York City is is terrible. It is like being crucified daily yeah. every single time you go out to these incredibly crowded things, um, and the the price of real estate in New York City is terrible and abysmal as well. And it is almost certainly in part a consequence of just this insane regulatory framework that is actually supposed to keep housing affordable, and instead, like causes the rental units to be like these dangerous uncared for places where people sort of stay forever mm. where housing that is on the market can't actually be sold because it has this biz- these bizarre Um, regulations associated with it. We are right now like trying to navigate certification madness where the property is, in fact, zoned as a single-family home um, but is being taxed as a two-family home. And there are certificates related to work that was done in the House that may or may not have been sanctioned by the state in 1985 under a previous owner. And the real question is whether or not if we purchase and acquire the home, we will be responsible for paying the fees that might be Charged in the event that someone comes in to inspect, which they will, because I'm gonna to have to do renovations in this house.
2: They, uh, we, I know somebody, a friend who I won't mention by name, but her name, um, rhymes with in Kangoo Ford. Oh, um, you're talking <laughs> about Mathurian
0: Kangoo Ford? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love that guy.
2: I'm not sure, uh, whose husband, uh, it, 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 you don't uh, need to give him a fake name. It's fine. Yeah, it, whose husband's uh, mother mm-hmm. worked for uh, New York, uh, like uh, real estate kind of uh, uh, office, mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. P- Department of, of Housing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you guys know, uh, listeners might not, my wife, uh, who's a private investigator, occasionally works and she who's carries great. A gun. He's a she's great. She very not gun. carry a gun. This is New York. Uh, she can't shoot carry shoot. a gun. Um, but she's worked often in landlord-tenant investigations uh, because uh, the, the laws, as you mentioned rightly, Camille, uh, in this uh, city and state, are insane. I mean, there there are people, and this is not an exaggeration, who have three-bedroom apartments in Greenwich Village and are paying three hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that would on the open market fetch seven thousand five hundred dollars. Seven thousand five hundred. A friend of mine 10, and uh,
0: and. Uh... A friend of mine, and I think I might have told you about her before, a journalist, whose uh, father uh, uh, rented an apartment in one of the toniest, nicest buildings.
2: Name rhymes with Melia garber No,
0: please <laughs> bleep that out. <laughs> uh, I can't get this some way. Uh, away. <laughs> nicest uh, places in the, the Upper West Side. Uh, in that building uh, was Rosie O'Donnell, Dustin Hoffman, I think uh, the great Bob Balaban. <laughs> And he has been renting that place since uh, rent control, and is very old. And I believe they could get, and I don't think it's an exaggeration, something around twenty to twenty five thousand dollars a month for it. And I believe he pays somewhere in the range of about eight hundred to thousand dollars.
2: And I want listeners to understand that not yeah. only do you get to pay that and. In- Incredible, like arbitrage thing. You can pass that down if to your significant other significant or your other family or, member. or
0: your family member has to live there for a the, year, the last eighteen months of your
2: life. Yeah, or something and like
0: essentially, that. what then happens is that the landlords—it's a war of attrition. They—they they don't fix things for you. They basically turn their backs to you in almost every way. But and they also try
2: to buy you out for two million dollars if they
0: can. They'll try to buy you out for two million dollars, and then and the, the the real estate market in New York is so crazy. That you deal with it. You deal with all that stuff. And re- I mean, remember, I mean, rent stabilization still exists here. But remember, rent control was tried in Cambridge, Massachusetts, New York City, Berkeley, California, Santa Monica. Uh, Santa Monica, all places that are. You know, a, a sort of pinochet-like in their right-wing tendencies, <laughs> uh, and it failed in all places, and they they dumped it at all. And I don't know why people still uh, bring this up and 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 agitate for it because people still do, especially in the city.
2: Are, are they in fact agitating for it in the city? I guess yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Bill The rents Blasio, are, too, are too damn high. Yeah, uh, sure. rent and, uh-huh. and De Blasio uh, has campaigned and acted on like we're going to give an, an additional fifty million dollars into the help out renters. Uh, with their legal defense fund funds, yeah, and then it, on the other hand, we'll also say what we really need to do is to invest in more affordable housing, and right. never once seeing the kind of cognitive dissonance right. between we will restrict everything a landlord could possibly think about doing forever, yeah. And you know what? We really need more affordable housing. These people well, are these great. these
0: new units, and keep this in mind: if you if you come to uh, New York City, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't live here already, you will see, especially in Brooklyn, a lot of high rise buildings, brand new, beautiful, nicely appointed doorman buildings and they're you know eighty floors high in places like prospect heights which never had much of anything. And in those new units there is essentially a lottery for affordable housing right. units exactly. in them yeah, yeah. that, you know, they'll they'll be like, you know, your neighbor will pay <laughs> forty eight thousand dollars a month and you pay like fifteen hundred if you meet a, a series of it's generally uh, not apartments. It's
1: it's not your neighbor though. They they'll have like different floors in yeah. certain cases. Yeah. So they'll even have different, different entrances, entrances yeah, I remember that in story. the same building. Yeah, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Like you get the yeah. gl- you pay full rent, yeah. you get to you get the the one with the doorman – it has the glass door. Everyone's outraged by You've that, got, but it's like, like when you fly
0: first class, you get
1: to you get board first. Yeah, <laughs> you get to turn yeah. left. No, you're not paying. You're not pulling, paying full freight. Yeah, you're yeah. still in the building, yeah. which is good. It's you're not a heartless like a monster. <laughs> beams and struts. <laughs>
2: this is all interesting policy talk, but yeah. <clears throat> sorry, uh, I'm sorry. For, you know what I found out by the way. Uh, yeah. the, you remember how like I've been sick for the last three months? Let's talk about my personal life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I and I, I couldn't hear very well. Oh, yeah. No. I've had ear infections for the last three months. Didn't do anything about it. Just do you know the, the
0: people that were sitting like, I don't know anything about bedsty Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs>
2: Thank I, God. you. Know what?
0: I'm just gonna stick it out. They get through it, and that's <laughs> uh, like, you know, I've, I've had some ear infections. Oh man, problems. I've
1: got some pustules.
2: Uh, uh, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna uh,
0: talk about you. Yeah, ear no, but, but, but. what I'm what I wanted to talk not about, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just drop uh, uh, Jesse Jackson every time
2: you bore me. I w- <laughs> that was I Jesse don't Jackson, care about the ear infections. <laughs> Have you ever lived? In, not that you're going to now, Uh-oh. but have you ever lived in the hood before? Camille? I don't know what you mean by that. I don't either. Um, open, open question. I don't know what you mean by that. What is the hood? Is I it don't know. is it like a dangerous place? I want to know. Are you going to move into a neighborhood in which you're going to get into a lot of annoying Camille conversations with people that you find to be woke in a way that you that irritates you? I mean, I live in you. I live in the financial district in Manhattan, New York. All I
1: all I am surrounded by woke people. Everyone around me disagrees with me about most
2: things. What about if it was that gal that Moynihan tweeted at you uh, before the show started today?
1: What gal is that? Who's that? I don't know. Who Which is that? Not the, 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 the 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 text. Oh 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 oh. The the chick from the, the chick from the train. Yeah. Um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, she was uh, my creep she, shot. <laughs> I, I took totally, a picture she, she, of a girl she, on the train. Yeah, who, she had uh, a yeah. she had a Black Panther button on Yeah. And she was she was apparently lecturing people yeah. on uh, on the uh, superstructure of racism and white supremacy in America and yeah. uh, and lynching and I looked at her and I was and like perhaps... I was
0: like motherfucker I'm taking the train. <laughs> I wish I was in an Uber right now <laughs>
1: like packed into this thing. And she was probably talking about Dana Schull's, uh open casket. Although have you ah, So uh, this, is this is where we need to end up. This is where we need to Transition. Good transition,
0: because I did I'm that. Sure you did that...
1: that. Did you do that so I could segue into way? No, but that was great. That's so I, cool. I, I, I didn't s- know you are talking about.
0: It's awesome. <laughs> I sent Camille a um, uh, petition that was gaining steam mm. online, and, and and this is very particular for the for for people out there that realize that this is not some one of those BuzzFeed stories that like, oh my god, we found like three like invalids on Twitter that said something, <laughs> so therefore it's <laughs> like a trend. This is an artist named Hannah Black. Hannah Black, Uh, who lives in Berlin, problematic, uh, and I believe is British. uh, So she is Afro Caribbean, I imagine, Mm. uh, is what you say when you're in the UK. I think, Um, and she had a. It's all
1: the African diaspora.
0: It's in the the diaspora of 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 people who can afford to be artists for a living (laughs) and live in Berlin. Um, And she uh, created a petition online, and that petition was uh, for the Whitney. And if you out there do not know the Whitney Biennial, it is a very, very big deal in the art world. And if you get selected for the Whitney Biennial, it does a lot for your career. And a lot of the art this year at the Whitney Biennial, it has to do with race, mm. um, unsurprisingly. One of the paintings, I believe her name was Dana Schultz, was it? Dana Schultz, that Dana Schultz yeah. Uh, who is a, white, a young white woman uh, who lives in Brooklyn. Uh, that's all I need to tell you. Everything else, you pictured it. It's right. Uh, uh, um, we just, I saw her walking out of uh, Whole Foods today. Or uh, maybe you? I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> it's all the same. Uh,
1: so If she weren't white, yeah. that would be racist. It, well, That would get you
0: fired. Y- well, that's this is yeah. more about the cultural where's Waldo of these people. It's like, <laughs> I can't tell. They're all the same. She walked uh,
2: out of the Key Foods. So, yeah, no, I come out of the Key Foods with, like, a pack of cigarillos, <laughs> grape cigarillos. I'm
0: like, what the uh, fuck are you guys doing? Why are you spending all this money? This shit's the same. You, you can't get my Cap'n Crunch there. I can get, like, you know, left tenants. He's not, he's not, not joking. That's where I get my uh, two-liter bottles true. of squirt. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah, exactly. You can't get that at, at Whole Foods. No man. No. No squirt there. Uh, <laughs> so... So uh what the hell is this woman's name? I can't Dan- remember. Dana Dana, Dana Dana Schultz. Shultz. Yes. So she uh, This is
1: the this is the alcohol.
0: This is the this cra point. no, but this is actually the craziest story yeah. of the week. No,
1: it, it is crazy. This is some idiot thought this.
0: Um so <laughs> or petition this. The, uh, so yeah, petition this. So there's a painting of this woman made of um Emmett Till. Uh, and it's a very, very abstract painting. And it's Emmett Till in his Re- casket. Remind
2: uh, uh, listeners who are racist what who Emmett Till Emmett is. Emmett Till uh, not, not uh, was a, a uh,
0: very uh, young uh, black man who uh, was accused of whistling. Sorry. In 1955? Uh, uh, was accused of whistling at a white woman and was uh, subsequently lynched by a town full of uh, psychopathic racists. And a uh, very famous case. Mm-hmm. And so she painted... Uh actually the detail no one has mentioned is that Emmett Till's mother did want uh, Emmett Till's body That's exactly photographed right. in the casket That's exactly to right. remember the horror of what happened to him, um, which was, you know, a pretty powerful and 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 interesting and smart thing to do. She painted a version of that, which if you looked at it, would not if you didn't know what it was, you wouldn't know, because it's 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 a sort of very abstract, very modern uh piece of work. So uh a woman uh started a petition. That not only said that the Whitney should remove the painting, but that the Whitney should destroy the painting. Uh, and if anybody remembers the the kind of at this point cliche uh, at first where, where they where they burn books, they end up burning people, this got a lot of signatures. And these were not random people These were these were artists and very
2: characters I mean
0: at the time I saw well, this is hard to this is hard to say. You know why? Because there were about fifty odd people and I was Googling them and they were artists and well-known artists. Um, and then I went back and 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 you know, I was about twenty-five, maybe twenty. And I said, Good God, maybe people had second thoughts about this this kind of totalitarian instinct to destroy works so of art they disagree with. Um and he went back, and the, the, the author of the petition had weeded out all the white people. No. Yeah, and said that we don't want white people in this petition. Uh, wow. You know, thank you for being allies or whatever, but this is for, for black people only. And then there was a protest at the Whitney from some, you know, hyperventilating psychopath who was, like, screaming in front of the painting and Facebook-living it, who I believe had a meeting – with the uh, the um, the, people, the guy the, who was wearing the guy the, who was the, t-shirt. the, yeah, the yeah. t-shirt, So so in this um, this uh, petition, basically said that you know white people are cannot profit uh, or it's not even clear she's profiting of this or um, represent something that is so right. difficult. I think, I think she's
1: the word transmute. Yes,
0: which is yes. I think was out of context. That's yes. okay. well, she
1: doesn't know. She's That's, an artist.
0: She's an artist. That's fine. fine. Art is what people do, and they're not smart enough to write.
1: Hey, <laughs> writing can
0: be art. No, but you know, it's like it's like. What would you know about it? Yeah, but no, it's always you see this artist, and it's some like you know like blithering idiot who's like, this is representing <laughs> uh, capitalism. Or like, oh, why don't you write a piece about that? I can't because I'm not very smart. So <laughs> I just painted a little bit of
2: something that wasn't realistic because I didn't hear the word dialogue. There's uh. In the first
0: there is, time. uh the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the dialogue that we're seeking. So this has been, and, and, and we don't know what is um, happening with this. There was an a, um, a, uh, email that went out from the artist who said that she was. That she was um, Repo- uh, Reportedly. Yeah. Reportedly. It, it did come from her email address, and she hasn't answered questions. Uh, she said it was a hoax, but it hasn't answered questions. She said she was going to pull the painting. Um, so this is where we are right now. Now, it ends up in one point where I, I, I thought, good God, do you remember the, when Seinfeld was in syndication and the 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 people were waking up to their woke uh attitudes. And Seinfeld used to come up once in a while. I remember talking about this when Jerry Seinfeld said something that pissed people off. He said, you know, this is a TV show that had no black people on it, no black characters. And Jerry Seinfeld responded and he got a lot of guff for this by saying, you know, I was just reflecting the world that I lived in. It's unfortunate that my world was this, but that's what I knew and that's what I was writing about. And he was pilloried for this. And now we're at a point that we've reached the other end that if you include characters in your novel, in your piece of art, uh, in any work of yours that are outside your racial group, Mm -hmm. you are uh, appropriating the culture. You are speaking of something you don't understand. And Reason Magazine, uh, which uh, Matt is uh, somehow affiliated with still, uh, did a very good piece uh, interview with Lionel Shriver, the the novelist who wrote uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, a very good book. Uh, and gave a controversial, she didn't understand that it was going to be a controversial speech at the Brisbane Book Festival, in which she said, the entire point, more or less, I'm paraphrasing her, the entire point of being a novelist is to inhabit characters who aren't your own. And if I were to hew to only people that were middle-aged women like me, I would never make a dime as a novelist, and you would be bored to tears. And that's the entire point of art is to inhabit these worlds. And we're getting to a point now that that that, um, that is not only frowned upon, but the protest is not simply removal of a piece of work. It's uh, calling for the destruction of it. And that's not an overstatement. They called for the destruction of uh-huh. the painting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I... It is. It is. I'm not a tolerant uh, person, maybe at heart, uh, or I am, and whatever. But um, if someone comes into my museum and says this is painting is objectionable because a person of the wrong hue was depicting some other person, and you really need to get it, that doesn't get you meeting. No,
0: that you're gets saying
2: to, that gets you an eviction.
0: The, 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 I mean, if you boil, because you're you're just about breaking it down to to its most sort of basic components, uh-huh. which is we want you to remove a painting and destroy it because of the race of the of the person who painted it yeah. which is crazy and i think that when you we, when i was thinking about this the other day and said where did we, how did we get to this point point? Mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of this starts with the cartoon crisis and uh, the danish cartoons where you know uh, big companies uh viacom with, was running i guess it was viacom that that, that does south park um, saying they couldn't run an image of Muhammad, which they had done in the past. Not
2: just Muhammad, but Muhammad behind a bear suit. Behind a bear
0: suit. They couldn't even have the bear suit as a <laughs> prophylactic measure against seeing the prophet. That happened. That yes, totally that happened. happened. So it's how
2: crazy. And it was like
0: you cannot draw – I mean because it, it, it is wrong to say that, that there is a prohibition Uh, from all Muslims against idolatry and um, portraying the prophet. There's plenty of images of the prophet in the past. Um, I say the prophet, not my prophet, the guy. Um, So at that point, when we were saying that this stuff is not allowed and we can't in our own newspapers, we have to hew to the traditions, uh, which aren't even really the traditions, of this very extreme element of one group we will uh, bend our backs to that, kowtow to that, and say, okay, you win. That really sets a bad precedent that, you know, words and images have now been transformed into violence. And We use this language all the time. It's violence. These are violent words because what can you do when somebody says... You're attacking the First Amendment of the American Constitution, and I mean this outside of the idea of government being the ones that uh-huh, censor things, uh-huh. but just the idea of a free society. The, cu- the culture of freedom speech. Yeah, the culture of freedom of speech. Matt describe it. The, yeah. And that culture, when it's under threat, we're still at a place where people blanch at being accused of being somebody who would – you know, be in violation or have contempt for the First Amendment or free speech. So there is been, to use her phrase, this transmutation, <laughs> a <laughs> transmutation of the idea of speech as something that is speech alone. And so that is so often why you hear it uh, referred to in in university settings and particularly in this in this case as something that is not only a preparation, but it's violent and it hurts me physically. You mm-hmm. cannot do that under American law and international law. Randomly hurt somebody, and uh, speech is now being reclassified as something that physically hurts people.
2: Well, I, well I, I
1: think the the claim the claim of of ownership in this case is is also deeply problematic. That that Emmett Till's death and suffering and mutilation, the the brutalization that took place there, is. Is mine. It belongs to me. It's mine, and it's not yours. And I, I get to keep this thing. I understand it in a way that you can't. And, um, and there was some and to interject,
2: uh, Morning. You said that this was a British woman who did it. Yeah. Who, yeah. So yeah. Emmett Till is American, as far as I know. It doesn't matter. She, it doesn't she's, matter. She's, but, 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 she's black. So her blackness makes her. A,
1: her part blackness of the matters more than her nationality. nationality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because which is all absurd, black maybe. people have been subjugated and and taken advantage of by white supremacy and white supremacy is is a western phenomenon but it's a global phenomenon they they went over there they took slaves they decimated that that place and they hurt this entire people and and the the pain is intergenerational and whatever suffering took place there is taking place inside of me today in my black body and whatever bad things happened um simply by virtue of your existence here today you Matt Welch like you are if you are not constantly checking your privilege and staying away from the things that belong to me as a black man, um, then you are perpetuating the cycle of violence that began back then when the first slaves were taken from Africa and I can't sold into servitude. I
2: can't decide whether your a, a elaborate uh, hand gestures here are uh-huh. – your way of kind of aping the physical characteristics of people who talk like that no. or whether you actually had like two sips of alcohol. It's the, it's your an, ardu- I'm, <laughs> I'm slapping <laughs> around it's, like I'm, a common I'm slightly inebriated, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but, but, inebri- but I'm also trying to show my my genuine sincerity when I make the argument. Right. I'm still gesturing at you.
0: The, the, the opening line of her uh, petition, by the way, just to be very clear about it, is um, to the Whitney, uh, the curators and the staff of the Whitney Biennial, uh, she writes, "I'm writing to ask you to remove mm-hmm. Dana Schutz's uh, uh, painting, Open Casket,' and with the urgent recommendation that the painting be destroyed and not entered into any market or museum. By destroyed. the way, the Whitney does not have the right to destroy people's work, but why would this? Because know of that? racism. Yeah, um, but it's it's about you know uh, ongoing debates on the appropriation of black culture by non-black artists." have highlighted the relation of these of these appropriations to the systematic oppression of black communities in the US and worldwide in and in a wider and it's just this kind of nonsense going on on and on and on uh but but that the, the, what frightened me most about this was the enormous number much like the the pen thing with Charlie Hebdo of seemingly um reasonable people that what you would expect with a high level education in the same world they're not these are not people coming from the outside and saying you know, like Piss Christ, uh, the Andre Serrano thing uh-huh, that got uh-huh. that got uh, uh, NEA money. Uh, and it was all, you know, the Pat Robertsons of the world. Saying, Nas-
1: National Endowment for the Arts.
0: Yeah. And it was basically saying, you should destroy this. And one of the first counter-arguments was that, like, you literally know nothing about art and you
2: are some kind of religious zealot, et and, and if I can interject. But these are actually artists. Th- that happened like in 1988 or something. It did. It right? did. Uh, we have to keep going back to Piss Did you Christ. think
0: the artists would be the ones doing it uh, 30 years later?
2: Um I mean I mean that no. was an outside force. I mean I, I do remember mm. I do remember at uh, UC Santa Barbara when I we went there there was a there was a, a kind of nascent vigorous campaign or, or argument uh on the left there which is a bit, being a bit redundant where <clears throat> Feminist activists were tearing down Saint Pauli girl posters from beer stores because sure. they were objectifying, dehumanizing, the and then they would take off their shirts, which is fine. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and but you really, also, you really got the message of that protest. Yeah. Really <laughs> singing. <in> <laughs> that's yeah. not. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, But also Blue Velvet came out that year, and there was a really kind of a a strong and interesting debate of, like, uh, is is this great art? Is this actually super misogynist and terrible? And should we block it from being screened and these kind of things? And back then it was pretty obvious among the people at the college newspaper that I worked for, like, yeah, let's have this debate, but ultimately free speech is going to win uh, because that's what we do here. Yeah, sure. But you could see the, the beginnings of a stirring of like pornography equals violence back then. So maybe a little bit, you could there see was, that maybe was, the artists yeah. would start to be assholes. Exactly. There's the Catherine
0: McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin. Right, that was happening. That just, was happening Just then. starting But to it, they were so then. fringe at the time. But think about it too. Yeah. Like
2: you're uh, younger than I am, uh, Moynihan, and... Uh, and Camille, fuck him. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's probably millennials as far yeah, as we know. But yeah. like um, by, back by then, our hero Lol. <laughs> in Long Beach, California, <laughs> our heroes were, uh, and I'm not saying this to, to in a my black friend sense, uh, was were uh, culturally, were Spike Lee and Prince, right? And Spike Lee in particular because it spoke in this incredible vernacular, was super funny. I mean, all of his movies from the mid 80s to, it, to some point, I don't know what, what point you would draw it at, were hilarious, as were his, his commercials and well, things I like that. I didn't find
1: Malcolm X hilarious. Yeah, maybe
2: so. that was that's the cutoff point. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, the opening part is very exuberant, where they're like strutting around there. And yeah, pimps, yeah, and It's with, really good. With Red, yeah. Um, Denzel but, Washington. Uh, yeah. But it was super funny. And part of the funniness, and, and part and part of the, uh, the poignancy of Do the Right Thing, which is a, a, a movie that I, I still love to this day, no matter what Moynihan tells me about it. Uh-huh. Um, is uh, are you, we watched it recently. I, I just thought it was kind of meh. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's okay. I, I, I hold on to it, but mm-hmm. part of it and, and Summer of Sam, which came out later, oh, a terrific movie, which is a really good movie. Yeah. Summer of Sam is a really affectionate, knowing, um, but also uh, complicated portrayal of like the guys from uh, not from Bensonhurst, he's from Queens, he's Sorry, from an uh, Italian guy, I think it's Brody, yeah, Adrian Brody, yeah, it plays yeah. him, like plays the the, the complications of uh, kind of a uh, early. Italian-American gutter punk from, like, 1977. Yeah. Um, and it's it's super interesting. Would I want Spike Lee not to be able to to, to draw this... Because of his blackness? To draw this portrait of, of Italian New sure. Yorkists. No, of course he's going to have a sense of that. And that's also part of the things that I think that makes Do the Right Thing pretty interesting is the relationship between the brothers and the pizzeria. Like, it's... It, the, the guy in the Larry Bird uh, uniform was a little bit caricature, let's yeah, be honest. But, yeah. like... but. Why would you stop that exploration? Because that uh, in there a lot of empathy and then a lot of interesting art lies. We have what, what's happened is
0: we've I mean in, in in some big way and especially if you look at New York as a good example of that we have focused on ethnicity these days in and in, in in such a, a kind of sharp way with a very very rote script about it. But you know New York was an ethnic place, and it was an ethnic was. place. I, I, I mean it was in the sort of larger cultural sense. I mean, you don't have TV shows about Bangladeshi communities in the way that you had sort of Archie Bunker and Irish Cops and, and you know, Puerto Ricans and, and Welcome Back Cotter and stuff. Barney Miller. Barney Miller and all these things. If you watch, uh, uh, I really recommend everyone do is uh, Colin Quinn's New York story, which I saw at the Cherry Lane Theater here. And I think I might have given it a shout out before. It's now on Netflix and it's a great history of New York through ethnicity. And uh, Quinn ends on this very funny joke that I won't you know, give away, but it's like y- you can't talk about this stuff anymore, basically what he's saying. But you can't understand New York if you don't understand the ethnic dimensions and the rivalries and the good natured rivalries. And of course, there's sinister ones, too. But all that has been flattened in, in you know, in favor of an idea of ethnicity that hews to a very particular ideological uh, sort of set of precepts. And that's completely changed and i think that i had a conversation with an academic the other day who said something to me that i thought was interesting and then i walked away and i was on a plane last week and i was thinking about it and i said good god he hit something that i didn't even really think about because we think about identity politics in isolation Hmm. and he said look the way the world is now and this has been the case for 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 much of history but we are in a time now when it's more prevalent than ever and it's not only just campuses but we can start at campuses is that it's the it's the primacy and the triumph of identity politics worldwide mm-hmm. and he had a great look at you know what is revanchist china well they have an incredible uh dislike and distrust of uh, Koreans and Japanese so that this is sort of ethnic rivalries and national mm-hmm. rivalries that we don't see as ethnic because you know we just they're all Asians right it's like when camille said one time about <laughs> about you know you know americans talk about you know black people and white people and it's like within caribbean communities like you know the nobody can get along with each other and hate you know this guys uh jamaican, mm-hmm. this, jamaican guy's trinidadian, trinidadian, this guys trinidadian this guys and this this all those rivalries ro- again yeah. flattened by our kind of ideas of race mm-hmm. over uh ethnic identity in so many ways but it's this like guy made this. We talk about
1: Hispanics and Latinos in this. Yeah, country.
0: I mean, it's, it's like you know. I mean, the, if if you have a call to a bunch of Puerto Rican centers, they're bomb threats. I mean, it could likely be Dominican. You know, what I mean, that's <laughs> how it is in New York. And I think this interjecting interject Yes, yeah.
2: shout out our our friend who should be on the show and hasn't been so far is Gustavo Ariano, the uh, great Ask a Mexican a columnist from the OC yeah. Weekly. He's also editor in chief. Wait, did you say he's Mexican? His The name of his column is Ask a Mexican. We don't
1: allow Mexicans on this program. <laughs>
2: <What>? so, <laughs> isn't, isn't like Snow Coon Schultz an honorary Mexican? Is he? I don't know. Is he, he honorary Mexican? I don't know. He kind Does of he has a funny accent. i I'm... I'm, I'm Putting I'm not it on, very it. Mexican. Mexicans, jeans at all. Uh, but uh, well, what happened there? One of the greatest things about uh, Gustavo is that um, it, people ask, you know, why do, why do the Mexicans wear jeans on the beach? Kind of things. Um, and but he always <laughs> finds a way. They write him seriously about this, and uh, he always finds a way to talk shit about Guatemalans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like
0: it's it's yeah. The I, the comedian who who made the joke years ago that Americans are the type of people that go to China and say, like, God, look at all the minorities. You know. So the, <laughs> <laughs> A billion Chinese people, here. Uh, but we know, yeah, we have as, it all through. As, our as they own try to prism. touch my hair, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is true. I told this story the other day because I was on the Stanford campus when I did the Hoover uh, Media Fellowship. I went there, and my daughter was, I think, two years old, about two years old at the time. And at that point... you know, Not wearing bowler
1: hats back she, then? No, not
0: wearing bowler hats. And she doesn't look like she was in you know, some sort Clockwork of... Clockwork Orange. Yeah, some, <laughs> yeah, she was like in an Amish folk band at the
1: time. She she was in the role of Alex, yeah. by the way. Take yeah, easy,
0: Matt is referencing a picture of my daughter's very cute, that was posted online yeah. by... Not me. Uh, that, uh, somebody with a, that my daughter looked like, an Amish uh, uh, banjo player, basically. It's <laughs> a yeah. very strange picture. But she, my daughter was walking around the campus... And it was in the summer. And in the summer, if you're on the Stanford campus, which is absolutely a beautiful campus, there are busloads, busloads. Big buses every two seconds coming and disgorging, you know, 300 Chinese people of the sort of nouveau Chinese riche going to wanting their kids to go to Stanford. They come and they visit. It was just, I mean, hordes. It was so many people. I couldn't believe it. And every time I turned around. Kind of apparel, would you yeah, say? Uh, yeah. Something, I, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah. So I, I tu- every time I turned around, there was like a, a Chinese person like lifting my daughter up and taking a picture with her like literally cuz she was She's so blonde. she is so blonde and her mom's swedish and looks super blonde and picking her up and I, no one spoke english and i was trying to communicate with them i was like you don't pick up the baby. <laughs> don't, in America, put the baby down.
2: And hold it's on, like, hold yeah. on. You were talking to them with, with your Jesse Jackson? No, it was Bill, like Bill, a Bill Cosby. That's no, Bill right. Cosby. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, I got that straight yeah. away. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on like the... Yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's Black don't Label 3. Touch don't touch the blonde girl. do your baby. Yeah. It unless you mean it. But yeah, this is... <laughs> this is Oh, God.
1: <laughs> this is
2: devolving. This one has really gone off the rails, hasn't it? Um, listeners,
0: do you like it when it goes on for the rails? I
2: don't. <laughs> they, they talk about it constantly. Like, about when it about goes off it on the I don't know they're like
1: sending us booze. It's I don't know that this is I don't know if this is what they want. Who
2: sent the booze this time?
1: Um, well, no, you know what? You didn't I, bring it. This is the thing. He's hoarding. This is the, no. I'm not hoarding. I was In coming back from sty. DC. I was coming back from DC, and I I didn't go home. And um, our friend, it's William. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce your name. It's FluSick. Oh, William Flusek. Yeah, sent us uh, Spell a bottle
2: of oh, E K. He's he sends the sweetest emails of any listener or Reason reader by far. Super. Where, nice where does he live? Oh. Don't know. Florida, you say? I, I don't know actually. I he he
1: ordered the he ordered this this fine bottle of Tennessee something. God, and That means that just shows you I'm going to drink. It. I sent you guys a picture. I sent you guys a. picture You did. Of you did. You did. Which, yeah. I'm yeah. going to bring it next bring week. I'll mention it next yeah, week. Yeah. 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 No. And well, what I brought instead was something I paid for myself out of my pocket to make up for the fact that I'd forgotten the thing. Yeah. And it's about give it to time
2: you, you started paying for stuff yeah. around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it?
0: But we're, we're, isn't the it? other thing is that I'm going to be as bleak as I possibly can about this. But there's some- about the alcohol, or no, 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 other stuff, other stuff. No, I still can't find my daughter. She's apparently in the. Hunan. she's the the governess of the Hunan province now. She's apparently in her twenties. She's uh, the great white savior. Y- yeah, she is. There it is. Uh, she okay. only speaks uh, Cantonese at the moment. No, no Mandarin. Man, she thinks about it. She thinks
2: big thoughts, man, constantly. Like the sun comes up, man, in the east, and then also the west. He doesn't. What's he doing? Poet oh and a we warrior. Have, I don't know. We have to.
0: Well, I'm gonna. Too. We're gonna wrap it up. but I was gonna say well, that that. I mean, just start, that no, that we. <laughs> I'm gonna be as bleak as possible. I'm trying to steer this goddamn yeah, ship. Go, right for, now. It. go for it. Go for it. Is that um, we uh, we we? There's some stuff coming up soon. Hopefully, we've got some stuff in the works for mm. this for this show, and there'll be some maybe more options. And I'll just keep it as as. Uh, but we're excited about it. Yes, and uh, the reason we're so excited about it is uh, mostly because. Of you are unbelievably sweet and uh, great loyal listeners, and the numbers are have it's, been terrific. Very nice, really, yeah. really, really terrific. And you know, spread the word. Keep
1: telling your mom to download the podcast. Yeah, it's you don't have couple. to listen to it. Just give us good numbers. Yeah, just keep. keep and
0: uh, and so yeah, the the, the show will be uh, doing uh, doing some in the coming uh, coming months, doing some uh, hopefully some some different and exciting things. Is that yeah. is that about right? That's yeah. about right. That's, That's about right. We serious? don't know anything yet, but we've we've got some uh, yeah, got some, some irons in the fire. Something good, something good will
1: happen. Yeah. Some things. Good good, good things. Yeah. Good. So good that'll things. be that'll be cool. Um, um, you, big didn't, year for us. you didn't let me get to denigrate um Donna Brazil, and I want to. I want to oh, say geez. wow, like he pre teased really? it and then yeah, he didn't... I did. And I'm coming yeah. back to you it. You got now. interrupted. Go. She Go. she wrote the thing in time. This this long piece in time. Did she mean? In which in which she acknowledges that she that she didn't do right. Um there are two lines in there about you know by 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 stealing all the dnc emails. Oh wait, that's not about that's not about what she did. Um wait a minute. Hold on. There this is it. Um, the attacks were coordinated by foreign advisers. Nope. The adversaries. Nope, that's not it. Um, <laughs> for the sake of our country and our democracy, this level of interference calls for. Oh, that must she must be talking about when she gave the questions yes. <laughs> to someone else. It's this this, this, is this is level yeah, of interference he's, he's calls really, for really doing it, right? a thorough and independent investigation. Yeah, and that investigation needs to start now. Wow, that is that's that's amazing. No, the recent spate of revelations show the communication between Trump officials and the Russian. Operatives. Are you kidding me? Like seriously, Donna Brazil? The whole article is about the Trump administration working with the Russians. Hmm. The Trump administration's close entanglement with the Russians. And how this is this is big. The story is deep. And she goes on to talk about how the leak of these emails was was embarrassing
2: and it was hurtful and it hurt many people. And, and believe her she knows that it hurt her remind my mom who's listening and uh-huh. she's sad about how drunk we've gotten oh god sorry not sad. well i'm sad no, we're not we're not drunk. hey by the way we plugged your book last week so come on <laughs> <laughs> Do it, yeah you know what
0: mrs mary, uh, mary, mary be nice be mary respectful. mary i'm being respectful <laughs> thank you you know i seriously just get over it
1: <laughs> i'm being
0: very respectful uh, We you plugged
1: your
2: book tell us what donna brazil did <laughs> That this makes this all is this, this
1: is miss donna brazil who uh who sent an email to uh to someone affiliated with the, the Clinton campaign, and, and eventually that email was was somehow leaked to the American people. Debate questions to CNN people. From, she which, she, she, she sent, also
0: claimed after the fact that she sent them to lots of people. Yeah, which yeah. is like that's not that's like you know I didn't just rob this bank. Uh-huh. I've been robbing them across the country. Which
1: which is which is kind <laughs> of racist, amazing. Yeah. I mean it's it's one of those things where even if even if Donald Trump. Uh, It was discovered that at some point after this hack had taken place, he had sent a note to say to Vladimir Putin, hey, hey, Mr. Putin, you know, those emails, the totally true – authentic emails that were actually written by donna brazil where she actually gave the answer the questions in advance to one of the candidates in order to to help give her an advantage in the debates debates that are supposed to seem like a real thing but are actually kabuki theater and now she's making them more like kabuki theater could you release those to the american people so that they can know Mm. like she would still be worse than him for working with vladimir putin to obtain those emails
0: really yeah wow you just drop the the yeah. That's um keeping it Camille. Right that's there. not not <laughs> yeah. so much. I, I'm yeah. I'm a little. I, I will say I We're will right say I you. will say that that I met on Bra- Brazil once on the street on R <sighs> Street in um, R the letter R Street. In uh, DC, when I was walking my dog, and she was walking her dog, and she was the sweetest person. Uh, you she's you always it. normalize yeah. all yeah. of I these. I do. I like criminals. everybody. War
1: criminals. <laughs> does she? Does she actually aim <laughs> for dyeing her hair purple? That's a thing that she's doing deliberately.
0: And I, I, I thought
2: she was uh, going as a, a troll doll or
0: something. Which... Uh, is there? Is there, <laughs> is there
2: some famous person Moynihan that you've met in the world of politics or sure. media who isn't a, who's, who's actually a nice... just an asshole?
0: Uh, well, can I can I can I change the parameters of the answer slightly? A little bit. Um, there is a band that nobody will have heard of, and it, it, this is the great thing about bands like this. If you mention them, and somebody on the show has heard of them, they'll like send you a FedEx package to say, "I know those guys too." <laughs> there is a band from Scotland in in the the eighties the named Orange Juice, and you might know the singer is a guy named Edwin Collins, who then had a breakout hit in the nineties. I, I never met a girl like you before. Do you remember that song?
2: You great, you dude. would you would you yeah. heard
0: it, but I saw him play solo. Um, this is gonna be a horrible story. It's gonna it has a really bad punchline. Um, I saw him. I saw him <laughs> in Stockholm in like uh, 2003 or four, and I was really excited to meet him. And I went up to meet him, and I was like, "Hey man," and, was, uh, and he was the biggest asshole to me. And he was like some girl he was like interested in, but he was like such a jerk to me, like sarcastic. That I said that I was like loved his stuff. Um and and that really depressed me and then the next year he had a stroke uh, and he's never played again. So, <laughs> oh my god! I'm not it's just saying <laughs> you're a monster. No, I'm not. How is it monstrous to just tell you what happened? That's true. That's what happened. Nah, I'm not I, saying I could, there's a correlation. A of, no, there of was. Cheering. I was just saying. I was just trying to give you a Wikipedia entry of what happened in his life after he was mean to me.
2: I appreciate. Um, that.
0: but as far as political, uh, people, yeah, a lot actually. <laughs> there's a whole <laughs> bunch awesome. of people that I I I admired in one way or another, and I met them. And uh, it turned out that they were were, were kind of jokes. I was
2: telling this to... Uh, Who's your version of that? Well, I was telling this to, to Chris Novoselic, who I was uh, had uh, the, the opportunity to interview, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get him on the show when he comes out to New York next.
0: Nirvana bass player, yeah. Nirvana
2: bass player. Um, like Dave Grohl, but in a very different way, uh, just a super nice guy. Which, yeah. Uh, super nice, famous guy. And I was telling him this after we had already had a bit of a champagne breakfast and did our interview and then went uh, to a party and we, we were, we a little bit drunk. I mean, and, and, and we're uh, riding on the bus back and getting to the point of the conversation where um, I was like, yeah, so, I mean, I hate meeting famous people. They kind of suck. Uh, that part of the conversation. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he told me uh, about his own anxieties about meeting Paul McCartney. Right? Oh yeah, sure. Um, because he the- played with Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl. Yeah, they recorded a song together, uh I forget, You Might Be Right or something, I yeah. forget what it was called. Um and we're Tom, Paul McCartney is playing like a, a weird like box shitty uh Honer
0: honer left handed bass, yeah.
2: Uh and and uh and nicely he was he was first worried about, like, okay, Paul McCartney's just going to show up and show me up on base and it's going to yeah, be yeah, embarrassing yeah, yeah. like on a professional uh, point of view. But he said that McCartney—he had the same anxieties about meeting this—you know, he's a Beatle, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's going to be some kind yeah. of, like, jerk. I mean, my point in not wanting to meet a famous— But he liked him, though. Totally. Yeah. The the problem with meeting famous people is that they only meet people who know that they're famous, and that, like, the, they project out there, and it becomes—that's my— reticence of of wanting to do that. Um, and uh, and Novoselic had the same thing about McCartney. He said, like, he's just a dude. You're playing in a band and you're playing songs and and then you're grooving with a guy and then realizing I'm just grooving with Paul McCartney yeah. while Dave Grohl's playing drums. My life's not bad.
0: The, the one thing, and we can end on this, I guess we're over time here, but I had a version of this who's somebody who's famous in a weird way and infamous in a way. And I happened to meet him when I was shooting something, and he was at someone, I can't mention his name, but he was at somebody else's house, Let's and this guessing, person yeah. was this person was was there. And I went into the kitchen, and he had just had a big controversy. And mm. I I mentioned uh, something. Uh, it came up in context. I mentioned uh, uh, John Ronson's book. Uh, so you've been publicly shamed. Wait, you're talking
1: about O.J. Simpson?
0: Yeah, it was with the Jews. Okay. Uh, he said, "I had a little controversy. I killed a few people. Um, but don't tell me, Oh, wait. You did it. No, yeah. no. I said, if yeah. I did it. Yeah, exactly. If I did it, <laughs> shit didn't fit. Leave me alone. Um, that was the original title of the book. Shit didn't fit. Leave me alone. Uh, so so I'm talking to this guy, and I did the most dishonest thing ever. It's like a total fucking lie. I couldn't believe it. So uh, this Ronson's book came up, and I said, "Well, yeah." And, and John said,
2: Ronson's, Mick Ronson's
0: son. No, no relation. Too bad. Um, and he, you know, John's book. So you've been publicly shamed. I'm in the first couple chapters of this, with the General Lehrer story, and it's a very, very good book. And I liked it, uh on on. I didn't like the, the bits when I was in for. A variety I've never of reasons. heard
1: you criticize a book that you are that you are prominently featured. In. I'm not featured in any, but
0: uh, the only uh, it's the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one. The only one. It's the only one. Uh, the, the, the crime statistics are not a book. Uh, so I get, so I, I, it, that came up. And, we were and he said, you know what? He's like, look, you know, you're telling me. And I knew everything. And I knew everything. But he was just not famous enough that I could get away with it. And I was like, I'm sorry, come again? <laughs> I knew exactly what he, I knew who he was. I knew his controversy. I knew everything. But I didn't want to be that person. Oh. And I was like, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, you know, the thing that happened to me. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he introduced himself, and I'm like, "Yeah, sorry, clicks and buzzes. I don't know what you're talking about." And he's like, "Oh, Wait, So you pretended
2: to not know somebody yep. you obviously did. Yep, yep. Just because that person was famous?
0: Uh, no, because the conversation would be better. And it was. He told me the story of what happened oh. For, oh, and from and
2: from his perspective. Did he tell the truth? I have
0: no idea. I mean, he that actually almost made makes
2: a, me think that you're a good journalist uh, for a moment.
0: I'm a decent interview. I can do this stuff sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, may, I, I was like, I was like, no, I have no." I have no sense of who you are. And I was like, I'm sorry. Excuse my ignorance. I, you know, I just, I don't, I haven't been paying attention to his X, Y, and Z. And he totally changed. He was like, oh, so I'm so-and-so, and this is what happened to me. And I was like, You're oh, going to have to throw us some clues. I can't, I no, can't, we'll, I we'll can we'll do it after. It's too it. easy to expose. Yeah. Um, but, but that whole time, at the end of it, I was like, wow, that's fascinating. Really nice meeting you. And I went away with, like, if I was actually writing a story about this, I couldn't write it because it's like so disin- dishonest and sort of disingenuous. But I got the whole thing. I got all this stuff that I didn't know
2: about the story,
0: and it was totally
2: fascinating. That's the most frustrating story I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But <laughs> it's my life. Like, but it's like with the fa- with famous people, it's like I'm sorry, I've done it before. I'm like, uh, who are you? Because it just changes the, the the dynamic a little bit, you know. If you're like, oh, I love your stuff,
1: it's just Not, yeah. I want to tell a famous person's story now.
0: At the time that Denzel Washington
1: uh, grabbed yeah, you, nah, in the I, radar. Told that, I told that <laughs> story. I told that story. Did I tell the story about how Spike Lee was was kind of rude to to Tracy and I? No, Let's at a it. basketball yeah, game that kind of sucked. Yeah, we were sitting next to him. Boom. That's it. By the way, that's the story. The only story is
0: that Camille can fucking someone it, out at a Nick game. That's all he wants you to know. It wasn't, it the, wasn't the The Knicks. story
2: doesn't even make a difference. It wasn't he the wants Knicks. you to know it's, that he's Team by USA, this? but they were playing this is at the not Garden. Oh, Henry ending. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: it was Team USA, because, yeah. you know, Team USA, he sits in the fucking nosebleed. <laughs> Get
2: out of here. They're playing at the Garden. I right. want to do a some idiot wrote this, just headline. Okay, go for it. All right. LA Times. <laughs> just like her mother. Chelsea Clinton never gets a break. <laughs>
0: was that about her joining the board of Expedia? Yeah. I was, I was like, when I read that, I was like, re- returning fucking cans to pay my rent. <laughs> just, she just can't catch a break.
1: God, That poor thing. All right, that is uh, that's. Let's let,
0: let's let these people go.
1: Yeah, yeah sure Well, we're getting drunk. So no, we 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 kidding. are we are. Right. We'll we'll continue this. Uh, this is uh, this has been interesting. <laughs> he's drunk. Oh my god. <laughs> he's
2: wasted away. This over has here. been
1: interesting. You know, I have a uh, I have front row tickets to uh, see Future. Hey, he's, hey, hey. He's rubbing Camille, his computer. Camille
0: Camille, yeah. You know the show's over now, right?
1: I do. Hey, thank I you so much for, for joining sure. us. This hey, was, uh, you you're coming. It's like Foster Brooks. This is ridiculous. Listen, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you don't even know who that is. <laughs> I'm not an ebray. Look, uh, this is uh, this is episode fifty. This was a, a bit of a celebration. Uh, if you if you're only now just discovering it, we we did this for ourselves and and not for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we thank you for coming. <laughs> That's like the go uh, fuck yourself. Next at the end of the next show. <laughs> next week next week will be edifying and and thoughtful and introspective. There was a there, Again. Were, there were moments of that there were moments of dude, that dude can we get out of here now yeah but but we're gone All right, see you bye. later we, we, we know of new methods
0: of attack the Trojan Horde
1: the fifth column